Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 119, Fast and Furious Crossroads. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Joe, too. We got a big episode today, and so we're changing it's up huge. our intro. So people who are normal listeners to the show, this is a different intro. But the interview that we have, because with us today to talk about this, we have the game director, Andy Tudor. It's a long interview. It's a great it's interview. Long. And we both agree, like, we just want to get right to the interview. Yeah, like, normally we do, like, you know, a full intro thing. So, but we were like, you know what? No, we don't even want to, like, put this off. So we should try to get into it as quick as possible. So we're not going to do our extracurricular activities. That will be on our next episode, which will be Blue Crush. So keep an eye out for that uh, as we do our pit stops of Michelle Rodriguez movies and movies about memory loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to plug our Patreon page for a specific reason. So Too Fast, Too Forever.com. First of all, shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School, High School Slumber, Slumber Party. Party. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Thank you all so very much. Yes, thank you. The thank reason you. I want to shout that out, in addition to our email address, family at cageclub.me, is because, Joe, we have a new patron. We have a new $5 patron. Past guest of the show, Dan the Duke Hayden. Shout out, Duke. Oh, welcome, Dan. Thanks for joining, bud. So he sent in a couple emails, too, which we will read cool. on our next episode when we get back to our full normal thing. Yeah, I wanted to give him a special shout out. He, I, I just thanked him on Facebook, and because, you know, we're friends, and he's been the past cast he was on our tokyo drift episode a couple laps ago and he's mm-hmm. like yeah man i just started listening i thought i could contribute i was like that's awesome that's super cool we appreciate it bud thanks man so yes yeah, so we got some stickers in the mail coming out to you so our patreon page we have uh swag and merchandise like stickers early access to episodes bonus episodes fast and furious minute document because another thing we're skipping today is we're breaking down the movies minute by minute one at a time uh so we're still we're working toward the end of the first the fast and the furious so mm-hmm. we're doing that we're also working through our michelle rodriguez on lost as ana lucia cortez so yes, we're working we through are. that too. we're gonna skip that too but all sorts of fun stuff at too fast to forever.com so shout that out check that out and also you know as always if you have any thoughts or rankings or whatever family about this interview at, yes please family at cageclub.me send us a note we also i don't want to take anything away from this interview but we've got another very cool, very wildly different interview coming up in the near future, too. So uh, It's kind of a surprise, yeah. Kind of a surprise, um, but it's going to be very fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, Joe, do you have any other thoughts before we just drop right into uh, this interview with Andy? This is a big one, guys, so buckle your seatbelts. Get ready for it, because... We're about to hit the Nas. Yeah, I can't wait till you guys hear it. exciting day we have with us today the game director of the fast and furious crossroads we have andy tudor hello andy hello there how are you we are doing wonderful we are thrilled that you could join us we figure that you are you're the man of the hour right now because you have created (laughs) the most recent and relevant fast and furious canon so we have lots of questions i was saying to you recording that joe and i just finished 
the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we have uh, lots of thoughts, lots of questions, and we can't wait to dig into it. Awesome. Can't wait to answer all of your questions and probably reveal a bunch of Easter eggs that you might have missed. I hope. Wonderful. I well, hope. before we get there, though, we have like what's seemingly 45 minutes of either-or questions and stuff like that. <laughs> before, before we get there, though, I do, I do want to um, sort of get a history of your your relationship with the Fast and the Furious. So you are the game director Mm. of Fast and Furious Crossroads, but what is your history with the movies themselves? Have you been watching them forever? Did you come to them recently? I asked you to rank them. If you could also offer your rankings too, but like, what's your history with with these movies? I can clearly remember seeing that very first movie. I was one of those people Mm. who went to, you know, that first movie when it first came out, Oh, had wow, a okay. had an amazing experience going wow this is absolutely awesome and then leaving the theater and being one of those people who then jumped in their car revved the engine and then started <laughs> you know <laughs> screaming out of the car park along with pretty much every other boy racer in England at the time because it was at a time when that bit of car culture was just exploding at the time you know we had need for speed uh, underground at the time in video mm-hmm. game format and the movies were there doing things that we hadn't really seen before with cars so yeah i very clearly remember that very first movie and they've been with me ever since you know i'm a huge fan of the movies and that's why you know universal approached us to make this game so live awesome. through every single one i do have my rankings as they've exploded and gone international and uh, got even more insane changed from street racing to heist movies and now Mm -hmm. to these kind of international save the world strike vehicular strike team movies Um, (laughs) my love for them has grown along with that you know we all respect the past of where they they came from but you know the movies are bigger now than they've ever been so here's what I'm a little jealous of and we so (laughs) jealous I only found this out in the last year is that your the way that the movies have been named over in the UK are different than they are here and like they're just the Fast and the Furious I think one through eight or whatever and then right. here they've got all sorts of goofy weird crazy names and so like we didn't realize that until <laughs> our we friend, a friend from England lives over in the yeah. UK gotcha. sent us a uh, like a pamphlet like a like prep thing for either Fate of the Furious or Hobbs and Shaw or whatever and it was a rundown of the first eight and they were like oh yeah you know in, in the Fast and the Furious 8 we're like well no it's called the Fate of the Furious <laughs> yeah. like in the Fast and Furious 4 it's like well no that's just called Fast and Furious like yep. it's it, it blew our minds for a second so it's pretty I'm complicated rankings <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm interested to hear your rankings and whether you're going to do them in the american style or the british ooh, style i ooh, uh, uh, <laughs> i i'm gonna go off what is officially canon as far as i'm aware so okay okay so as far as i'm aware uh, my top one is going to be furious seven oh okay. very cool the reason for that is obviously because of paul you know, I've mm-hmm. never yeah. been to a movie theater experience full of just dudes and bros and <laughs> knowing going in that this was Paul's last movie and sitting there on those end credits on that final scene, yeah. just welling up, you know, thinking yep. about it just now, you know, and just having that experience and thinking these are just silly car movies (laughs) and you know it's really 
got to us all and it was yeah. it was just a communal experience there just a communal a cultural thing that was happening like i said about the first movie this was almost the bookend of that on, on uh, in the seventh movie so that holds a, a really special you know place in my heart I, it's also the the first movie where the opening sequence with Jason Statham visiting his brother in the hospital mm-hmm. and then you see and then revealing all the debris and devastation that he's caused out of that you just thought all right we're in for something good here with this movie, <laughs> right? This guy's yeah. got a vendetta. He's potentially the greatest villain that they'd had up until that point uh, because it had been teased, you know, I'll be seeing you soon, Toretto, in like the, <laughs> in the in the previous um, bookend. You knew what you were going into in this movie. You got a great villain. It's Paul's last movie, and it just felt like Avengers Endgame in that respect. Just yeah. felt huge. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's got great sequences, uh, great jokes and stuff like that um, with the crew as well. And then, so right behind that is Fast Five. And it's almost for Mm -hmm. the same reason. It brings in The Rock. It's got a great feeling of a man on the or a team on the run who are now in hiding. It's the first movie where we start doing crazy heists with the train and then obviously the Rio sequence right at the end with the vault. It just felt like these movies had grown out of what they had previously been, which is kind of cops and robbers. And now we're into something larger now. Now we were into a larger world and physically larger characters and stuff as well. It just felt like that was the thing that really kick-started the franchise. Not not rebooted it, but kind of just kick-started it. Into, they found their right. feet, they found their vision, and then off we go to the races, therefore. So, yeah, I think Fury 7 just beats it in terms of the number and the quality of the set pieces that were in there, but Fast mm-hmm. 5 is great in terms of the story and sure. the other the other supporting characters, you know. Uh, with Han and Giselle and stuff, so Furious Six is behind that, and okay. and it and again it's kind of for similar reasons. It's it's the Han and Giselle part of the story that I really like there, and it's got Letty, you know, on the London Underground, you know, fighting <laughs> uh, fighting Gina Carano, and you know, and she's a great character as well. It's got the uh, the tank sequence, and then the plane <laughs> sequence, and then yep. Giselle dies, and you're just like, oh my god, it's, there's so much in here. Luke Shaw, and the flip car, so much in there. I mean, it's a, you could maybe inter- interchange Furious 7 and Furious 6 in, in order, but I think the other two really do something exemplary and, yeah. and above their station. Furious Six is just a really good, solid movie. Then we get into this the, is where it gets the tough. Bit, yeah, this is when it gets really, really tough. In order, I've got Fate, Too Fast, and Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. However, wow. okay. however, <laughs> Fast Four, the uh, Fast and Furious could be one of those. It, it, okay. They're really interchangeable at this point. Fate of the Furious for me, it, it was our main jumping off point for the game. So I think I've seen that movie maybe 30 times now. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Know it inside and out. No cipher intrinsically well. Okay, I want to I want to get into that because she is a fascinating like my specific I think our collective my specific feelings about her have evolved wildly. Yeah, yeah, really interesting character. Maybe not really. Uh, I don't know what really want to say. I don't. I don't want to. I don't know what I'm allowed to say here. But maybe not the person who is running things. Maybe there's somebody else pulling her Ooh. strings, as it Ooh. were. I don't Ooh. know. But oh, I mean oh, that. Man. 
that's my feelings on Cypher, that sure. she she has a plan, but it's almost like she herself is working for someone as well. And therefore, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like we dropped a tiny little bit of that in the game with our bad guy. But once, Interesting. once you've watched Fate of the Furious and you kind of understand her and her crew and how has she got all this cool kit and technology and stuff... Uh, it has a lot of meaning therefore it's got some cool sequences you know some people may or may not agree whether dom would have gone rogue Mm -hmm. you know right that was obviously something you had to suspend your disbelief in in the movie and then you kind of go okay well of course that's that's why you know but you know for some people it is a stretch too far that but it has a lot of meaning for me personally and for the team as it was our main jumping off point you know we took the team to go and see it uh when it was uh, uh released um mm. although we, we already knew the, the plot and everything by then <laughs> at that point so yeah it was really it was really cool similarly too fast too furious has a lot of symbology in in the in the company as well because yeah. for us we wanted to bring in some new characters who were related to the franchise, but weren't just like people from LA who like lived down the road from Dom and Letty. Right, you know, they right. were because that would be a bit unbelievable. We could have brought back Jesse or somebody, right? But we wanted to bring in yeah. new characters. We looked for another hook, and where is that hook? And we felt like there's another family of of crew over in Miami with Tej, with Suki and all that. And that's where we decided to pull from to introduce the new characters of Vienna and Cam. So again, just like Fate, Too Fast holds a lot for us as well. You know, Roman is at his funniest. Um, It's a great (laughs) buddy cop movie. It's still kind of finding its feet in terms of of what a Fast and Furious movie is, but it's got the the cart of her own race to get the cigar. Um, mm-hmm, it's got mm-hmm. the boat at the end. It's got the scramble. It's got good bits in it, and therefore it it, it it's got you know neon soaked street racing and jumping the bridge oh, and yeah. stuff. So you know it feels it feels like it's maybe undervalued in terms of maybe other people's. Rankings yeah. potentially, but for us, it was it was quite a big influence. And we'll we get into it. this later. Yeah, but yeah. But we were the current lap that we're on. We like every time we we reset, we call it a new lap. And the lap that we're on right now, we're watching the movies with two guys who have never seen them before. And so mm-hmm. we're in the shoes of someone like you know, this is our seventh time through, but these this is their first time. And we're saying to them like, too fast and Tokyo Drift, like they matter. Like there's important characters and there's developments mm-hmm. or whatever. But like. Four kind of, in a way, makes it so you don't really need to see two and three. And then, like, while we're talking to them about these, we're playing the game and we're like, wait a minute, like, the game makes two more relevant than ever. Like, there's so many connections for one that's kind of like a forgotten movie, in a way. Like, not really, but kind of a forgotten movie. Like, if there's, like, one that you could maybe skip, it might be two. But then you're like, no, no, there's, like, important stuff here. There's another history. And we were like, oh, my God, like, this is... This, the, see the, the specific yeah. angle yeah. is like we did not expect that at all so i mean our our approach was let rogue one the star wars movie does it perfectly right rogue one is a great story with brand new characters yeah. and it and it only enhances a new hope even more it doesn't take anything away it just enhances it even more like oh that's why the desktop blows up so easily. That's how they got the plans and all that kind of stuff. It 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 just enhances 
that episode four even more. And that was exactly the same feeling we wanted with the game, to make other movies feel more important. So yeah, Too Fast and Furious is, is, is definitely uh, the, the movie that was chosen to, to do that with. And that's a crazy comparison because literally our last episode, <laughs> I know. we were talking about how like, because we were comparing it to Marvel, we were talking about how like Fast Five is kind of like the Avengers and like it's fine, like the first four in a way builds toward that movie mm-hmm. and then that's, that's kind of the Avengers. But then we were also comparing them to Star Wars. We're trying to figure yep. out if like our guests were saying that two and three are kind of like the prequels and we're like, they're kind of more like Solo and Rogue One. Like they're kind of a, yeah. so the fact that you just said that without any right. kind of oh like, God, I, know. I promise you, yet, like, I did not amazing. listen to the last episode. So I did, that was completely <laughs> off my own back. Yeah. You know, after that, we, it, it's obviously Fast 4, Fast 1, Tokyo Drift. And and that's unfair to say that, to just kind of dismiss them so, you know, so trivially like that. Fast right. 4 is a really important movie. It starts and Dom and Brian are still at each other's throats you know not not physically but they are not the brotherhood that we know them to be nowadays people forget that they do not become brothers until the end of the movie really you know they still start off with hey what are you doing here and hey what are you doing here and they look at each other right and they kind of sort of, yep. kind of a mutual respect like okay you you let me go that one time but that brotherhood that family that word family doesn't exist yet so fast four is the one that finally gives us that if it was on tv right now would i watch that or would i watch one of the movies above it Ooh, Ooh, that's difficult then i would i would watch it now for in retrospect because it's one of the movies that we haven't watched as as much as as the as the others yeah to, to to put it in that place you know feel slightly disrespectful and it doesn't mean to be it's just that the more recent movies that they're in that stride that was hit after fast five a, a quote-unquote bad fast and furious movie is still more enjoyable than like most other movies yes 100 percent. yeah absolutely you know fast one excellent uh, the one that kicked it all off if you went and watched it back nowadays you might get some little oh, i don't know some little extra bit of nugget of information or glean something else out of it squeeze that last drop of awesome out of it but all the characters are quite different to how you know them nowadays some things like the 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 the, the customization on the cars and, and things like that has dated um since yeah. that day and stuff so it's hard to kind of say yes fast one should be up there in terms of it kicked the whole thing off but looking at it now in retrospect re- retrospect it's it does fall down a little later in the in the in the in the list you know obviously tokyo drift being in last place again doesn't mean that it's no. bad you know Definitely it, not. it's more personal preference yep sean is a interesting character and we even thought about having him in crossroads as well you know when we were looking at which characters do we want to bring back what story do we want to tell which cameos do we potentially want to have in there you know sean and neela were characters that we were definitely looking at in terms of could we tell more things with them knowing what's coming up in fast nine it was difficult to say there were, there were lots of conversations around what is sean doing right now well, yeah. like in the world in the fiction what is sean doing after he spoke to dom about han and had that whole conversation in tokyo and by the car park what does he is he still in tokyo has he gone somewhere else for people who've watched the fast nine trailer he's gone somewhere else 
and therefore did it make sense for him to suddenly turn up in Barcelona or wherever else it was like mm, I think he's busy <laughs> I think he's doing <laughs> I think he's having other adventures you know uh, and it didn't make sense to, to bring him in but in terms of the movie you know it, it introduces us to Han and Han's a, yeah. a, a he, he, he's my one of my, one of my, Personal I think he's my favorite. favorite character, right? Yep. Yeah. So we agree. You know, love his love his character. Obviously, the fans have loved his character, which is why can we spoil trailers? I guess we yeah, can. we, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, 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 you know, which is why sure. we see him returning, right? Which is again something we knew in advance whilst we were making this game. So yeah, you know, Tokyo Drift is uh, is is a difficult watch compared to the others, just because. It's a different character you have to now get invested in. Mm-hmm. The whole Tokyo school stuff, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, is is not my personal preference. Okay. But then obviously the Canyon Run stuff is fantastic. And then yeah. when it leads into Dom turning up and then the retrospectively tying Dom in with what happens to Han and Deckard Shaw that's just a masterful stroke of genius so therefore it does get raised up slightly by making it more important in the series um again you know we wondered whether we should set the game in tokyo to to, to give that movie more prep more, more more poignancy you know if we're talking about which movie we want to raise up or which one we want to most connect to it was miami or potentially tokyo and in the end we wow. we went with miami for the hispanic vibe which is very very popular has a huge fan base within the franchise and stuff yeah 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 and again it just made more sense to do something like barcelona which has a quite a varied geography with the beach Mm -hmm. and the city and the hills um compared to tokyo which has the 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 highway the um the 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 big freeway over there and the canyon the the canyons but need for speed already did kind of the canyons with um Ah. carbon and stuff so it might have felt a little I don't know, say me or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. people want new things. Um, I guess that's a that's so, a weird. Yeah. You're kind of existing in like a weird Venn diagram where you don't, like you want to pay reference to, but not duplicate both video games and the movies. And so like you kind of have like more to worry about than just making a movie because it, it's a weird. Like I didn't even think about that. Like you can't do another plot of a video game because you're like, oh, I did that in the Need for Speed game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everyone, whether it's games or movies, everyone wants a brand new experience, and that's right. including including me as a fan i want to see brand new shit i have not we, sorry swearing you're allowed to swear. No, 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 we swear all the time brother you're i want good. to see brand new stuff that you know the movies have not done before how do we beat a submarine right you know how do yeah. we beat this or how do we beat that how do we have a better how do we have a kind of race wars experience or a london a london race uh, uh, similar kind of vibe but in a different setting how do we one up and advanced characters how do we you know give letty like things to do like yeah. how does dom evolve you know those are all the questions we had and therefore yeah you know we wanted to make sure that the game did things that the movie fans had not seen before and then also gamers had not seen before you know no, there aren't many games which which have two cities and morocco you know a third one mm-hmm. um, as well most are all set in a single city or a single mm-hmm. location very ambitious project and stuff but yeah influence 
completely by the movies. And as I said, yeah, with Fate and Too Fast being, yeah, the key ones there, which is why they probably rank slightly higher in my list than maybe other people's. Now, before we dive deeper into the actual game itself, the story and all that stuff and how it ties in, we do have some, (laughs) like I was saying, some very hard-hitting either-or questions. Just to get a sense of who you are. Like, we know who you are based on your rankings, but, like, how you see yourself, how you view the franchise. Are you ready for these questions? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go. Do you think you are more, you personally, are more of a Brian or a Dom? Brian. (laughs) Easily. Dom is um, very focused, very focused on family, Mm -hmm. will always do the right thing. Brian, on the other hand, a bit more like me, a bit more impulsive. Does he bend the rules? I'm not sure. Does he bend the rules? Well, that's actually the very next question, question, which is perfectly leading into it. So we used to ask, is Brian a good cop or a bad cop? And yeah. then, you know, now it, it that's kind of a difficult question to answer now, especially in our political climate. So right. do you think an easier question might be, is Brian good at his job or is he bad at his job? Because <laughs> maybe it's not easier because I, I don't know the answer to that. But do you think he's good at his job or bad at his job? I think he's in the wrong job. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. I think he, you know, starts off as a cop, goes to the FBI Mm-hmm. wants to do the right thing, but ultimately has something inside him which just is screaming to get out. He's a very different person behind the wheel of his flash car with mm-hmm. underlighting and uh, yeah. nitrous than he is when he's in his suit. Yeah, he's a very different person. And that... Is he is he a bad cop or a good cop? He, he is a good cop, but he sees the flaws in the system. Let's say okay, okay, and therefore, okay. obviously, works really realizes that he can't really stay in that system, and that's where you know he stops being a cop. Yeah, is he a good cop <laughs> or a bad cop? Ugh. It's a tough one, right? That's it's a, a tough really one. tough one because you don't want to say he's a bad cop because he does good things, but I don't know. What's been the general consensus on, on your side? Oh, there's no. This is this is one of oh, the right, so consensus. This is the eternal just, question it's, it's for chaos. the ages, is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Are you more? Of a Mia or a Letty? Letty's very much by any means necessary. I think she even says yeah. that line in the game. Stop talking. Stop Stop your yapping and just let's get <laughs> on with it, right? Very much like that. And I think that's too impulsive. So if Brian was impulsive and, you know, uh, running in uh, where, other, where the angels fear to tread, like Letty's leading the charge <laughs> on a horse with a sword, you know, um, and doing that with with uh, with anger clouding her judgment sometimes, I would mm. feel. So I think I'm more Mia. But we need to see more of Mia, right? You know, we, we don't do. see, we don't uh, see we enough agree. of Mia. So yeah. it's a hard one to say simply because we haven't seen as much of Mia as we do of Letty. But I think Mia's got more of a, a head on her shoulders, much more balanced as a person. But yeah, we need to see her doing more action and you know she's uh she's dom's you know sister at the end of the day i don't I, we need to see more of that relationship as well more of yeah. like dom my brother like we, <laughs> we, it's, it's always been you know her and brian hanging out so yeah I, it would be nice to see the brother sister relationship um explored more and then also giving her more stuff to do um, behind the wheel of a car. Now, this next question might be close to your heart because it is one of the movies Ooh. that's core to this video game. Mm-hmm. One of these guys is in the game. One of them is referenced. Are you more of a Tej or a Roman? <laughs> Tej, I think. Designing okay. video games, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think it's more because I'm I'm more like Cam in the game and that, and that is kind of 
my reference point. Okay. I, I am always looking to the future, watching all the SpaceX launches that happen, waiting for us to go to Mars, always finding kind of a, a, a technological or gadget solution for something. Yeah. Always trying to see how have we improved things as humans with technology to solve issues and stuff like that. So I am very much more on the tech side, I would say. Mm. However, because I also DJ, <laughs> I'm I'm also on the Roman side, you know. Ooh, I, I don't okay. I don't I don't mind, you know, um being showboating occasionally and stuff. <laughs> Maybe not uh, was it shining bright like uh, the said <laughs> yes, in uh, Fury exactly. 7. So yeah, I, uh, and and being the kind of joker, you know, sometimes, yeah. but I would say I I would gravitate more towards Tej. Okay. Tej is cool as well. He likes his flash cars. He likes his uh, opulence. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's a cool guy. He's got lots of friends and things like that. So he, you know, he's got a lot of the stuff that Roman has too. But he's also got the scientific mind uh, behind it. Like there's, I think it's the line in seven or eight when Roman says to Ramsey, "What are you going to do? Email her." And it makes me wonder, like, when the last video game that Roman played was. Like, I'm guessing probably like Super Mario, like on the NES. Like, I think like past that, he's just like, no, it's all about it's all about women, it's all about ladies. Like, no, like I feel like right. video games and Roman have diverted from like a long time ago. <laughs> yes, yes, potentially, yes. Are you more of a Hobbs mm. or a Shaw? Ooh, um, I I'm a black belt in karate, so I guess more like really? Shaw, I would say. Wow. Um, okay. You can take multitudes. I'm, I'm fascinated. <laughs> There's so many layers. I know. I'm just unpacking Hobbs everything is, here. Hobbs is the Boy Scout. Hobbs is Captain mm-hmm. America, right? Shaw is is more like Iron Man, <laughs> right? A bit more rough around the edges, uh, willing to do things that where other people are, are not willing to tread. Um, yeah. Hobbs is is the good guy, the family man, the father to his daughter, seemingly solo uh, father to his daughter as well. We'll find out more about that, I'm sure. Um, oh, come on. Can't quit doing this to us, buddy. Come on, man. Um, oh. You know, it, I, I, would, I would say, you know, that makes Hobbs awesome. He would want, you would want him as your leader. <laughs> you would want him telling you, like, what to do and where to go and how to do something. But equally, Shaw's the man that you would send in to actually do the job, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, yep. yeah, a bit more like Shaw. And obviously, being British, his humour is... A bit more, you know. We, we've grown up with Jason Statham, you know, from Locksock and Snatch and things like that. Of course, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a very funny guy. I've heard many of his stories, selling watches on the street in New York when he was younger and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he's got a, a special place in our hearts as well. I also do want to note that two of your three favorite movies are probably the two most British movies in the franchise between six and seven, <laughs> right? Like, there, I don't think there's really a surprise there. No, no I, I guess not. so. Yeah. So now I don't know if these actual these descriptions carry carry over to the uk but are you more of a fan of american muscle or imports now imports i guess to america because i guess a lot of different things are different like american muscle is an import to you but in terms of what we're doing over here yeah are you more yeah. a fan of american muscle or imports i drive a boss 302 shelby mustang in real life so yeah no american, way yeah american <laughs> muscle yeah, oh all the way God. It's a replica of the one from Too Fast, the yellow one with the black stripes that's seen in in uh, Tej's garage. So yeah, it's 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 uh, it's beautiful. So yeah, absolutely um, love American Muscle. I, I love the Dodge Challenger as well. None of these we get over in England. Uh, they've just started bringing the Mustang over here, but it's the steering okay. wheels on the other side of the on on the side of the car, um, of and course. also it's yeah. half electric, half. Um, a hybrid, sorry. Yeah, it's not quite as 
as raw as uh, a V6 or a V8 left-hand yeah. drive. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's my preference. Now, do you prefer Corona or a Belgian ale? <laughs> I've, um, I've got some Coronas behind me, actually. So, uh, nice. yeah, Corona. Um, I used to work in a Mexican restaurant, so we used to sell Corona Ooh. all the time. Corona and Desperados were the two beers that we used to sell all the time, and San Miguel as okay. well. So yeah, Corona. You're gonna have actually. We'll we'll, we'll skip ahead to that right now because there's a there's a specific question. It's not a Mexican restaurant. It's a Cuban restaurant, but it's a <laughs> it's a similar question that we're gonna ask you later. I'll, I'll jump to it okay. now. So in the first movie, this is kind of like a, a very minor line, but we're going by in addition to rewatching over and over in the laps. We're breaking the movie down minute by minute, so we're mm, almost yeah. at the end of the first movie. But right. in the first movie, if you remember, Brian and Mia are doing the dishes, and mm-hmm. Vince comes in all drunk, verbally abusive toward Brian, and Mia wants to get the name of Cha-Cha-Cha so that she can invite Brian out to a date, right? Mm-hmm. And she describes to Vince, you know, it's that place with the, the red candles, the wood mm-hmm. tables, the food all over the place. Plantain. So if you're thinking about a restaurant, if we're like, Andy, you know, you're in America, you're over in New York, like, come out, we're going to take you out, we're going to take you to a great restaurant, there's <laughs> wood tables, there's little red candles, there's food all over the place. <laughs> what does is, what is the description of a restaurant having food all over the place mean to you? When you said that, I mean, you're obviously describing quite a nice steakhouse or bistro or whatever. But when you say food all over the place, uh-huh. it makes it sound mm-hmm. like Chuck E. Cheese, right? Or something <laughs> where there's just kids have just been all over the place and just like ruined the entire area by throwing food. Uh, I don't know. A buffet? What is that? Uh, uh, eat food all over the place. I'm not sure what We've that description been wondering. is. Yeah. Food all over the place. I don't know. I would say a buffet, like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, with like long tables where you just go up and help yourself to it and then go back, sit down. You know, like if we ever, if we ever get a chance to talk to Jordana Brewster, like we're going to have lots of questions, but like that's going to be like maybe the first question. Be like, what? Like, was that in what the script? Like, what did you mean when you said food all over the place? Because like, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, that's or like a fancy steakhouse where they put the, the cuts of beef on oh, the okay, walls okay. or something. So I don't know. Or, or, or a wine or whether a wall of wine. I don't know. Yeah. Quite a. What a strange, strange line that is, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Where I, was, I thought I was going to know where this question might go, but I really don't know. If we're pulling a job, are you more a racer or a designer? Are you actually out in the field doing the job, or are you the man in the chair back in HQ helping get it done? I'd be a getaway driver, I think. Okay. The, the reason being that, obviously, you know, I, I design games and, and, and have done for many years, but yeah. things change over time, <laughs> you know. The, the 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 design and the plan that you have at the at the beginning is not what you end up with. The end, you think something's awesome when you're in the shower dreaming that idea up, and then you go in and you do it, and you're like, oh, this isn't quite working out. And so, thing plans change. I would not want to be the person. I would not want to be Burke like in early Aliens, back in the APC, seeing Frost and Apone <laughs> and stuff like that, getting their shit handed to them by the aliens and stuff like that, and not being able to actually jump in and help. I would rather be one of those guys behind the wheel, being able to react second by second, split second. Um, Love it. And also, you know, the adrenaline of it. You know, we've been to, we've been on the racing track many, many times as a team, and there's nothing like driving a car really, really fast. So yeah, I would have to be behind the wheel. All right, the three of us are in the field. We're about to pull out a job, and we're like, mm-hmm. Andy, we know you're a DJ. We know you love music. <laughs> you shine bright. There. You shine <laughs> bright. You shine bright. God. 
we need you, just like Roman and Seven, we need you to distract them. We need you to sing a song karaoke style. We need to, <laughs> you, need, you need to capture the entire room's attention. And so Joe and I can like sneak around in the back room and like do the thing we need to do. Mm-hmm. What song are you singing karaoke style? What's your distraction song? Uh, oh my God. Um, there's got to be something that was going to attract a lot of attention, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's either got to be something really bad, like I don't know, <laughs> just one. I just think of um, the worst song that you can think of, Gangnam Style, or something like Ooh, that. Okay. So you're just, so you're just screaming that out of the side of the window, out, out of the window. Everyone's going to be looking round at you at that point. <laughs> or you have to do something car based. So I don't know, uh, Gary Newman Cars or uh, Little Red Corvette by Prince or something. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Good choices, yeah, man. I don't know. Um, I know which one would make me go faster, though. Uh, put a Motley Crue's "Kickstart My Heart" on. Okay. If you, mm. Crank that up to eleven, and then that'll <laughs> that'll make you go faster. So now maybe okay. So then maybe that's the song that's playing on the radio. We, we just pull the job, but we have one more stunt to pull. Would you rather drive a car, knowing you're going to be safe either way, mm-hmm. drive a car into a plane that's taking off, just like they do at the end of six, mm-hmm. or to get back home to sort of save the day, to seal the deal, drive a car out of a plane and be GPS parachute guided to the ground. Would you rather drive a car into a plane or out of a plane? And we can have Kickstart My Heart playing on the radio. I drive into the plane. That's easier, isn't it? No? I don't know. You've, yeah. only got, you've only got a ramp. You just need to drive it up there. And the worst that could happen is it just roll. You, you don't put the... Eat the have the parking brake on and it just rolls back to <laughs> rolls back onto the infinitely long runway or something uh, or or you know GPSing out of a plane uh, you might go upside down potentially if it, if you fall the wrong way and stuff I, I'm not that good on roller coasters so I would say yeah drive onto the plane okay seems a lot easier we are back home in HQ we're safe we're gonna we're saying Andy we're gonna celebrate pandemic is over we're going to Vegas we're going to Monte Carlo we're going to wherever we're going we're going anywhere you want to mm-hmm. go. We're going to the roulette table. Are you putting all of your winnings on black? Or putting it all on red. <laughs> Wesley Snipes always bet on black. No? There we go. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Now, in a devastating turn of events, uh, things mm. don't go well. Our mm. our job has not gone well. Mm. We're all about to die. The weird part of this is that you get to pick how you die. Would you rather <laughs> die in a fiery explosion? Or drowning in icy water. Oh God! Both of which happen in the franchise, but I don't know if one's better than the other. There's a real split here, but fiery explosion or icy water? Is icy water one of the bad guys in in Fate of the Furious or something? It's kind of like at the end Roman. Roman almost drowns. Yeah. Oh, people say that your 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 life flashes before your eyes when you when you drown, don't you? So mm-hmm. ooh, I don't know, but then fiery <laughs> death sounds awful <laughs> oh they're both bad they're both real bad yeah they're not good uh, icy water you are you definitely gonna die here yeah yep oh right oh, okay no but <laughs> go out go out in a ball of fire let's say that okay. just go out in a blaze of glory it's cooler right it's yeah. definitely cooler how did he die well your funny sh- funny story he uh yeah, he exploded with um, light <laughs> emitted from his body as he crashed his car 200 miles an hour into a fireworks factory. But exactly. the good news is that he got he picked the way he wanted to go, and that's how he wanted to go out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, there's a couple more. Is the word oil one syllable or two? One. Oil. 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 Thank you. Oil. Yeah, one. Okay. Ooh, oh, is that divisive? I don't know. Well, so it, it, it stems from You worked yourself like, into two. I heard it there. I was trying to see the other, wor- the other way, but the other way is clearly wrong, so that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
it stems from like a decade old, even predating this podcast by far, but like uh, uh, charades debates, because I had the word oil and I thought it was two, and I was basically told, no, you're wrong. And then since then, sort of a lot of people have come to my side, but in this game, it's kind of an even, even split. So yeah, it's uh, just curious because mm. it's car related, so I figured we might as well ask it. Gotcha. Now, I don't know if either of these are over in the UK, but do you prefer In-N-Out or Whataburger? In-N-Out is overrated, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, uh, thank you. Sorry. Thank you, sorry. The, uh, the, the, I, I'm over in LA a lot. An In-N-Out okay. burger there is obviously a big tourist trap. Uh, on the, are you guys at whereabouts in the States are you guys we're, from? We're near New York. Over in LA, I think it's on La Brea, which is very, very close to Hollywood and Highland. So it's full of tourists. And obviously everyone thinks, oh my god, I've got to go to In-N-Out Burger. There's a queue out of the car park all day, every day, uh, like Pink's Hot Dogs. And the, and the burger itself is is not great. The, the, there's fine, better yeah. burgers out there. It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. It's fine. The other one, however, I haven't tasted. So I it's, can't it's, say. Yeah. But In-N-Out Burger to for like me the is Texas, over. the South. Is there a burger chain over in the UK that uh, that we don't know, that we might not know about that you, you like? So at the moment... There's a big thing of kind of gourmet burgers. It's no good to just have two buns, a patty, throw some lettuce on there. Now it has to have, you know, a, a certain type of French cheese that is only grown in... Grown? Cheese. Um, it, it's only cre- <laughs> it was only created on, on a cheese tree. Um, it's only created <laughs> in, you know, one area of France. And then the pickle has got to be from, I don't know, Madagascar or something. And then it's got to have... <laughs> Then it's got to like have a honey dressing, which has been yep. soaking for three years in a whatever, right? It, these gourmet burgers are really taking off at the moment. So there is a company called the Gourmet Burger Kitchen over here, which Ooh. yeah, which which I don't believe is international. I may be no. wrong there, but if you are in the UK. You know, please don't go to a popular fast food chain um, no. that may be out there. Please go and find a just one of these places that does do gourmet burgers. There's a few like that. I think that yeah, there's Gourmet Burger Kitchen and there's um, another one called Honest or something like that. I think it's called. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah. I love that. I respect that. No preface. No details. Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight. Admission. I've never seen Revenge of the Nerds, I'm afraid. Sorry. It's okay. I have you, you're, you're not alone. Oh, thank God. Um, Dark Knight. Okay. I think I recently... I did the 30-day film challenge thing on Twitter. The Dark Knight was clearly, for me, the greatest superhero movie made so far. Avengers Endgame is Infinity War. Are fantastic. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Excellent movies that have taken a long time and many, many years to build up towards and oh my god we live in a world where we can even have those movies dark knight if i'm flicking through the channels doesn't matter where it is in that movie i'm watching it all the way through to the end if i flick over to it doesn't matter if it's the beginning doesn't matter if you know with the with the the joker pulling off the bank heist doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if it's the end when the taiwanese taking him down yeah fantastic movie one more sort of difficult question and then one easy question maybe and then we can actually get in the discussion i told you it's gonna be a while so in seven another very sort of throwaway line actually you might so of all the people we've talked to you might actually have insight into this i don't i don't know that you will but in seven they're around the table they're talking about no knees denise and Roman um, taking down the only thing I saw, ever saw him take down. Brian says is no knees Denise, and Roman says, "Brian, you really going to do that right now? If, if you hear uh, someone has no knees, 
what does that mean to you? What does that connote to you? So I know exactly what that means. <laughs> what? Really? Um, I don't know how lewd you want to do this. I'll try. Oh and... no, be as 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 lewd as you want. We want I'll, answers. I'll try we want and answers. Skirt around it slightly. If if oh, how do I say this politely? I'd say <laughs> if a girl is said to have no knees, it is because mm-hmm. she has been on her knees a lot performing a certain act. Okay. And her okay. knees have kind of been rubbed through with carpet burns badly. Okay. Yeah, so that's what that means. I hope I've been delicate enough there. That <laughs> is that possibly like a, a collo- like a UK colloquialism, or is that just something that, like, I don't... Cause... How are you so confident in the yeah. answer? Yeah. It's, how do you say it? Um, not a common phrase, but it's a phrase that if you heard it in England, you would you would understand what that meant. Uh, okay, so, okay. So that's probably where that... That was kind of our best guess, but it's also, like, it's it's a weird kind of, like, it doesn't quite make sense. Like, if you dive real deep down that rabbit hole, it doesn't really make sense, but... It is exactly what you're thinking. Wow! The final question, and I think you might have given the answer before, do you have a favorite character in this franchise? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Han, definitely. Okay. Just, I, th- I think there's another character who's just as cool as Han is in the, in the movies. Other characters have fantastic moments, and you want to be them, and they do super heroic stuff, and you're like, God, yeah, I wish that was me, or like, yeah, I wish I was in that car with them doing that thing. Han's just a cool guy, just says these cool little throwaway little lines that are Mm -hmm. really funny in a really understated way. Really cool guys. He's had good choice of cars, and all his cars are really, again, really... That word cool keeps coming out, just really cool cars like yeah. the Veilside Mazda and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's got to be Han. Uh, now, you know, who would it be in the movies? Who's, who comes on screen and I'm always, like, interested in, oh, it's, oh, it's their scene. Uh, I mean, now he's back. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how, much you, how much more you know than we do, but he's back. So, I mean, the answer could still or once again be Han, but... Uh, you know, he... Oh, I don't know what I have to say. <laughs> um, let's see whether he's changed. Yeah, or oh, not. Okay. <laughs> Stop, man. Oh, you're killing me over here. I'm not, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm just speculating. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I respect that. Let us dive into the world of Fast and Furious Crossroads. Mm. Now that we know who you are, now we know a little bit more. Like, I didn't know, we didn't, right. I, I didn't expect to know that to be speaking to a black belt in karate. I mean, that's <laughs> DJ, game designer, are. you're a man of all talents. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get bored otherwise, don't you? I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a reason. There's a reason for all of them. You know, DJing started because I grew up doing that when I was a kid. Carried it all the way through that. Gaming came from my dad was a teacher and used to, and I'm an only child. So when I wasn't playing with kids in the streets, he was always bringing home like these cool new computers and consoles and stuff like that. And I was good at art, so I'd literally just put art and computing together and then started cool. doing okay. that. And then karate came from I wanted my kids to learn karate and then uh, and i was like well i used to do this as a kid what could i do could i either just sit there watching him do it i was like no i'm gonna pick it up again and then carried it on from there so yeah otherwise you know you get you get bored don't you i've just i've I've got a archery thing in the back garden with a bow (laughs) stupidly went out and bought an olympic bow (laughs) but um yeah and uh yeah you have to have something to do don't you especially during lockdown real life living fast and the furious man (laughs) i can't believe it yeah he's an automancer in real life your character when are you gonna be in the movies well (laughs) yeah Uh, it's it's the same with idris velba you know he's you know actor and dj dj and yeah and um does all these great tv programs you know a big big fan of his um yeah, I think I, I agree that you know you have to keep yourself busy. You know, it's, it's good to have one hobby every year, 
and especially during lockdown when everyone's sure, been for sure. so bored and they go to only they've only got things to do at home really yeah why not pick something up or a new skill whilst you're at I it i love it so now this lap uh lap seven we are focusing specifically on letty um, mm-hmm. and obviously she's not in a handful of the movies and you know in our off episodes we're covering uh, Michelle Rodriguez movies mm-hmm. and then movies about memory loss to tie in thematically and so we were right. thrilled to see so much Letty in the game because yes. we're yes. you know we're specifically focusing on Letty but the, the the conversation question we're kicking everything off is if you had to pick and we'll talk about the game now if you had to pick the most Letty moment in the game what do you think she does that her character does in this movie or this game sorry in the game that kind of defines or is like emblematic of her character i got one thing in mind but i kind of want to hear from you first if you uh if there's something in here that she does that you're like oh that's like that's Letty to her core so the way we we approached Letty we ourselves so you know in the previous movies Ramsey calls her Mrs Alpha because yes. Yes. she clearly spots that Letty is the one in charge here alongside Dom. If we look at the movies, she hasn't had that moment to shine as a leader. She's a she's such an important part of the franchise, such an important character and her relationship with Dom and the fans who, you know, love uh, Dom and Letty and uh, and call them Vinchel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and do the Dom and Letty fan fiction or stuff. You know, she's hugely important. And she's had great moments, you know, including like two great fist fights um, in, yeah. the, in the movies and yes. stuff. But I, I personally felt Dom could almost take a step back just, just quickly and leave her in charge because she's so capable yeah. that... Uh, and that's where the the idea came from to split them up at the beginning of the game. Like Dom goes off to to New Orleans, leaves Letty in charge of the Barcelona side of the operation, and that meant we could really let Letty t- give her time to breathe, especially in the context of she's meeting up with these this new crew and yeah. has them under their uh, under her wing as well. And as we were writing the script and kind of plotting out the story and stuff, we already knew that Letty was going to be absolutely massive in the game and and have such an important role. And then, of course, we heard from Michelle. Um, I think she... I, I, I can't remember now. I think it was either a post she put on social media or it was an interview in a magazine where she said, look, if I don't get more stuff to do in this franchise, then I may not come back. I think in, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, so please fact check this, but I, course, I think she course. I think she said words to the effect of, I've had very little dialogue with my fellow female compatriots in yeah. these movies, and that needs to be rectified. And here we were with the game script for the game thinking, brilliant, this is exactly what she's been asking for. <laughs> yeah. And the actors are involved at every point in this process of creating the game so we fired that script over to her and her managers and stuff like as soon as possible right you know that got the ball rolling with including michelle in the game uh, and how ha- and allowing us to go with what we'd planned with having letty um in such a prominent role yeah because there's like long stretches of the game where you're it's just letty and vienna and cam and like dom, yeah, not even Dom's dom be seen. exactly yeah. dom we approached with he sets you on your journey like right you guys do this uh, i'll meet back up with you later he ends center he, end, he ends scenes 
you know, he always gets the last word, like, you know, where are you going? Shopping or something like that. You know, he, he always kind <laughs> yeah. of ends scenes in a kind of matter-of-fact kind of way. And yeah. then he always turns up at the most appropriate moment. You're like, well, oh, just when we need some cars, need here he is. <laughs> oh, just when we need a fireproof car, you're like, oh, here he is, you know. <laughs> um, that's the way we approached it. And it wasn't because we wanted less dom in the game it's just we wanted to use him sparingly at his most heroic moments and we also knew that we wanted to give letty therefore much more of a pivotal role in there so in terms of what are her most pivotal moments yeah there's a few there's a bit when right in the opening scene you know the guy's about to attack dom and she you know she's got it covered you know she's got a gun trained on and she knocks the guy out and he's like oh thanks babe and it's a slightly comedic moment there you know meant to be like that the guy goes down like a sack of potatoes you know he's supposed to like fall down you know like that in barcelona um it's hard to say that she's kind of pivotal but because she's playing a very careful game in that she's only giving this new crew the information that they need to know at the time so it's hard to say that she's being her true self during the barcelona um sections in morocco she's more of the kind of story exposition person um Mm -hmm. Like saying, oh, we've been following him here, and um, uh, he's been he's been hard to track down, all that kind of stuff. So I think her her biggest moments really come later in the game in New Orleans. If I could think of one, you know, it's when she's talking to Vienna about Cam, and she's having that kind of heart to heart with Vienna after the fuel fiesta race. Yep, and she's kind of digging deep a little bit because her and and Vienna have had a bit of conflict over how to approach that age-old question of do you save one or save millions and she decided to go with the bigger picture of saving millions whereas all Vienna really cares about is um is is going after Kai so she's really kind of trying to trying to repair a relationship at that point there and that feels very Letty that makes me feel of those quiet moments that Dom and Letty have where the Spanish Mm. guitar is just playing in the background it's just like two two people um, having this really tender moment so that feels like Letty to me Um, that little trying to yeah build the bridge back with Vienna and then later on maybe when they're when they're racing after Ormstrid and she's kind of almost kind of going to arrest him in in a way and she's got the gun trained on him on him and she's like enough of your stuff what a tiger never changes its stripes and then when it all goes wrong and they're like did we lose and then she's like not on my watch and it's like yeah that's it come on Letty (laughs) and then like you know you're like to the Batmobile and then off they go to you know go and save the world and stuff so yeah I think we peppered a few bits in there whether it's the emotional tender side or the kind of like go getting let's go kick some ass kind of side throughout which which were the ones you were thinking of there was one and especially you know having just watched this week fast and furious 4 there's the moment in the game i think it's probably about halfway or two-thirds of the way through when you're like you're you're kind of hacking the truck and you're taking down the turrets and you're jumping on and whatever and they're like oh, yeah. decoupling things and just knowing in the beginning of four when she jumps onto the oil tankers, right? And then yep. here you see Letty again jumping on, just like yep. that fearless, like something needs to yep. get done, and I'm gonna get it done. I'm like, that's that's Letty. Like to me, like that's like the tender stuff is I mean, we also just watched Los Bondoleros again. I don't know if you've seen that, but yep. like it, that's my favorite Letty. Like I love the tender just like not taking any shit from Dom and just busting his balls and yeah. uh, I love that. But then just when the things need to happen, like she's the one doing the things usually and going to see her jump on there i just i loved it that was why we had the truck heist with sebastian jumping onto the truck and making quite a big deal of she calls him rookie like you're rookie you're up uh, you know and <laughs> yeah. because 
she's done this before, right? You know, yeah. and that's where we wanted this these two parallels. Sebastian jumping to the truck. It's his first time playing it by ear. We we forced your car to crash out at that point, so you're kind of so it gives a bit of distance between you and the truck. So you're kind of fearing. Is he still hanging on the the end of the truck? You know, by the time you mm-hmm. caught it up, you know things are happening at a million miles an hour. Maurizio reappears. Kai, obviously, we 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 find out that he was the driver in the car. Reappears. Things are happening so fast. And it's all a bit kind of chaotic and on purpose. You know, there's cars coming out from everywhere and jumping from a, a, a road up above you. It's just crazy town. And we wanted that to show you that when you, by the time you get to the train, it's a lot more structured. That mission starts with all four of you in your cars, you know, the equivalent of you all in your, you know, Iron Man or Captain America or Spider-Man yeah. suits. It's yep. all very structured. It's do this. It's take the containers off take the turrets off, jump to the train. You're not the one jumping first. Letty kind of shows you how it's done and then you do it. It's it's far more regimented to show you, yeah, she's done this before and this is how a high-speed heist, a high-speed uh, strike team, you know, works, really. So they, they were purposely done like that uh, because yeah, we wanted to show Letty in her most in her natural habitat, let's say, which is jumping onto something or hanging on something in in the spirit yeah. of saving yeah. the world. And Joe, do you have a moment that hmm. sticks that stands out to you that we have not talked about yet? I I liked Andy's point about the tenderness because we do get some tender Letty moments. When I was watching her peer into Vienna, that was a very Letty moment for me as well. And obviously jumping onto the train. So Us having just talked about Too Fast and us you know, continually talking about Letty, it just felt like the game in a way was like being made for us. And it was just like, this is, I mean, Strange. everything in Fast and Furious <laughs> feels like it's made for us specifically, but like those in particular were like, oh, okay, yep. very cool. Absolutely. As I said, you know, when you said how what's your relationship with the franchise yeah i'm a massive fan so yeah we wanted to put all that stuff in there because we knew that the fans like yourselves and all the other people who have shown so much love for the game are picking up on it and you know really appreciating it you know we really hope you do fall in love with vienna and cam and petition vin to put them in future movies and stuff yeah, to okay. turn up we like hope. for a long time on this podcast we've talked about representation and talking about how like the franchise is incredibly representative but like for better or worse maybe just a product of the time or whatever just because there's so many characters already it doesn't do a great job with queer representation mm-hmm. and you know especially early on and then we just talked about it for fast and furious number four like there's kind of a fetishization of like women be like oh look mm-hmm. there's two hot ladies making out in this party mm-hmm. like isn't that cool dude and like we had a theory for a long time that hobbs was gay because uh-huh. he's so asexual for the most part like he's got a daughter we don't know where the daughter kind of came from but yeah. like we were hoping that it would be so cool if Hobbs just like oh yeah my partner or like my boyfriend or what just like you know not make a big deal about it but just be like oh yeah you know whatever Mm -hmm. so we're playing the game and you know we see Vienna and Cam we're like oh that's so cool like it seems like they're you know a couple you know they're using they and them for pronouns for Cam we're like wait wait a minute like this is we were taken aback yeah (laughs) I'm watching it with my wife you know we're we're playing with Joey we're just like who are they talking about like is there another sibling here we don't know and we were just like this is awesome this is exactly what we wanted. And like yeah. between this and like the Spy Racers cartoon, the Netflix thing, which actually in a similar way to something you were saying earlier, kind of uses Dom sparingly like, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to set you up, but this is about other characters that you don't know yet. There is a gay couple in that too. And I feel like for a franchise that is kind of diverse and welcoming, but also not to generalize, but like I feel like car culture and stuff like, isn't necessarily, doesn't always equate we should say, with, like, openness Uh and whatever. And for you guys to include 
a story about a queer couple, but then also like a agender, they then like it just it blew my mind how like progressive it was in a canonical Fast and Furious thing. So if you could talk about like how that started and like where that came from and like the characters are great, the relationship is great, and for it to be so front and center, it's just kind of amazing and like a breath of fresh air. The first thing was we were just like this franchise has too many white bald people, right? (laughs) (laughs) So on a purely visual level, it was like, we can't have, we can't introduce new characters, which similarly are just white bald people. Equally, as the movies have, have, have carried on, we saw that, you know, it is mostly male dominated. That just felt like if we were to introduce like new male characters, it would just be retreading old ground or ground that we'd already done. So it, so very early on, we were like, our leads are not going to be male. And then it came down to characters. So it wasn't a case of going, oh, we're going to have a black African-American uh, woman and we're going to have a non-binary uh, actor playing these. Like It was like, no, let's create the characters first. So the characters were created as, you know, Vienna is strong, has something... Uh, so a trauma in her past. She's the head of her family. She's always looking back with regret, always trying to protect her family. Those are co- those are qualities that you can also apply to Dom. Trauma in his yep. past, always looking out for his family, regretting something in the past, his actions, how he's you know portrayed himself or whatever. But is always looking out for the best. We wanted the person that would play opposite Vienna to literally be the opposite so that with it so whether we have that relationship between those two which is more akin to how dom and brian were in the first movies where they weren't that brotherhood just yet that they you know they developed that as as i said you know towards you know fast four and then obviously went on to be that brotherhood and we wanted to kind of flip that on its head or or do it in parallel but but do have them as a, an existing uh, uh, sibling rivalry there, as opposed to just complete opposites who had never met each other. We wanted them to at least have history with each other. And therefore it came, as uh, uh, as I said, with wanting Cam to be the opposite. So if Vienna's always looking at the past, Cam's always looking at the front. If Vienna's the one who's always regretting things in the past, Cam's the one who's always jumping into new situations maybe too rashly sometimes and that then creates great conflict so the way i thought about it when we were writing the script and coming up with the original concept was this is anakin and obi-wan yeah this is obi-wan trying to raise anakin to be his equal yeah to be a jedi knight but Anakin is always trying to go for the quick route, not wanting to uh, stay the test, stay the test of time, and wanting to take the quick path. That the little bickering that they have, but also they've got each other's backs. Yep. So when the lightsabers yeah. ignite, boom, they're off, and they can trust each other. They can fight back to back. Yeah, you know they've, you know, you know that they could be someone that you can trust on, and that's kind of where it all started from. The trauma that they have is from Cam's past and how they met Vienna, bonded over cars and all that kind of stuff, and then formed the friendship. And then whatever happened in Miami with the um, the street race that was interfered with, that's the that's the thing that is a thorn in their side. They are equals. Vienna and Cam are absolute equals. Again, Captain. Let's go with popular culture references again. So like Cap- Captain America, and Iron Man, you know absolute equals different sides of the coin 
but they are equals. They are not Batman and Robin. They are not sidekicks, yeah? And that's where the conflict comes from with Vienna and Cam, that Cam constantly thinks that Vienna, because Vienna kind of grew up and kind of um, fostered Cam in a way whilst they were growing up, um, Cam is always underneath Vienna's shadow, as it were. Cam desperately wants to grow out of that and does in the game you know yeah. Vienna says at one point like I, I know I don't say it enough but you know I know you can handle yourself you know that's awesome and then when and, and it's actually Dom who sees the potential in Cam and says you're gonna you're gonna do the fuel fiesta race and Cam then eagerly is like well I've put a tracker on the car and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff and then <laughs> they grow out of their shell out of Vienna's wing Vienna sees that herself and finally the resolution at the end of the game is that yeah you always were my equal you always were my partner here and we've both grown as people and now that brotherhood that dom and brian have is absolutely solidly cemented you know for eternity now you know if there were future games or if we saw these characters in the future again Vienna and Cam would have each other's backs and wouldn't be bickering about Miami and wanting to go back there all over again. That's all over Living now. Living in Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So yeah, you know, they were written as those characters and then we went to then go and find the right people who would personify those characters. Knowing that we didn't want white, bald males, you know, we looked at other actors out there and Sonequa Martin-Green was really really high up on the list of potentials for Vienna and that came from you know her work on The Walking Dead uh, as Sasha it came from her work on um, Star Trek Discovery as Michael Burnham a character who again who has trauma in her past and is trying to rise up through the ranks in Starfleet and stuff like that it just felt like she was almost, she was the perfect person for the role and you start closing your eyes and thinking okay her on screen with Dom are they equals can they stand back to back wearing you know ripped off uh, sh- uh, sleeveless shirts with baseball bats in their in their hand can you imagine Dom going Vienna you go and do this what letter you go and do this can you imagine him giving Vienna orders and her going and uh, going yeah or or busting his chops and going nah so that's a crap idea, Dom. Let's do this instead. You know, we were like, "Does that is that going to work?" And we we're like, "Yeah, I think it does." So obviously, we approached Sneaker, and she absolutely loved the idea, loved the fact that, as you said, you know, the representation and diversity that there has been in the franchise for so many years was now continuing on. Vienna as a character quite happily stands next to all the other characters in the franchise, and feels different compared to the the other females in the in the in the in in there like Mia you know obviously a a parent now in the the franchise like Letty who is Mrs. Alpha and like you know Giselle um who who's got lost and like Ramsey who's the tech head you know Vienna is a different role and very definitely feels like she fits there we agree and then when it came to Cam we looked for an actor who had that who could personify that short terse quippy kind of character Asia Kate Dillon who was playing Taylor on Billions at the time and still is just felt like they would be able to say that dialogue with such a a bitterness in their voice you know like that that resentment that is there but then 
having seen interviews with Asia on things like Ellen, you, you also saw that Asia had a really kind, warm tone as well. If, okay, if we're going to have the character as Cam start out with this resentment and bitterness and stuff and then, you know, grow and and flourish and come out from Vienna's wing, then by the end of the game, as you can hopefully see in that performance, Cam is far more like, is he serious? Like, oh my God, this is awesome. I love this country. Like, is <laughs> it's, it's far more happy far more lighter toned you know uh, and, that, and not all that resentment has kind of gone and therefore asia kate dylan was just the perfect person to to take that role on the fact that they are non-binary as well or uh, sorry identify as non-binary made it just feel all the more correct that once again we were also diversifying in, in gender identity as well as race or religion or whatever it may be yeah you know it, it came from writing the characters first and then finding the actors and going after specific actors that would not only continue the cultural diversity of the movies, but also bring something new to the table in the way that they brought those characters to life as well. Sebastian was more difficult because we knew we were going to kill him. So so Sebastian, we very carefully looked at who can we model this character after that no one's going to mind no one's going to think, oh, they're trying to replace Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just, they. oh, this is obviously the kind of white, young, attractive guy for the franchise. We very purposely made very specific decisions about what he looked like and the way he talked, his role in the game, not being the leader, being the person in trouble who needed the help, so you feel sorry for him, things like that knowing that then when we obviously kill him off that hopefully is a surprise <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it was a surprise to us yeah for sure. because we've set it up like hang on this is young guy he's got he's got like the trendy beard he's got the trendy clothes <laughs> he's uh there's nothing bad about him you know you feel sorry for him and then when he dies i hope people go oh i wasn't expecting that oh damn right okay and now it's not a now it's not a a guy rescuing the princess story now it's the princesses or the queens you know rescuing yeah. uh, uh, and getting ju- uh, revenge for the king dying as it were so and you kill him off early too like he does not last very long yeah yeah i mean yeah there's only uh, i think in there were some early versions of the script where he did survive and, and died in morocco i believe but it just mm. it just worked better that it made more sense for his death to come early because that's generally what you would do is a catalyst exactly and have it in his hometown and have it when he's trying to do something good trying to get himself out of the situation um and yeah it just made more sense for it to go there as opposed to later one other actor that i want to bring up because he he holds a special place in our heart here on the on the podcast network because we started out with a nicholas cage podcast than a Keanu Reeves <laughs> podcast. Cool. And one actor in particular kept popping up over and over and over again to the point where we eventually inducted him like into a non-existent Hall of Fame. We gave him an honorary Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm. Peter Stormare yes. is just yeah. so... Joe and I know him. I mean, I, f- I first remember him from John Abruzzi, John Abruzzi on Prison yep. Break, right? Like, Amen. It's, it's almost like casting him as just like 
I don't mean this as a negative. It's just like, oh, my work's done because like he's so defined and so cool and so like menacing and mm-hmm. like how does his character like how does Ormstead like how does that work in here and is that a guy that you were also targeting or did you just like luck into one of the coolest sort of character actor bad guys around right now? This was before Fate had come out, so we were writing the story before. Well, we knew about Cipher, but we didn't know what kind of like how much Charlize would you know chew the scenery and just become this you know great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. visually striking and also quite you know manipulative snake-like you know uh, character and stuff so we were writing our bad guy with the franchise not really having had kind of celebrity bad guys as it were by that point owen shaw was i mean he's a great actor luke evans is a fantastic actor yeah. we know him yeah. a lot over here in england and and obviously bragger and, st- and stuff but there hadn't been a idris elba there hadn't been a Charlize Theron at that point. We knew that our bad guy had to have a little bit more gravitas to him in order to... By this point, the crew have been through so much and saved the world numerous times. Was it five, Hobbs, Hobbs says in Hobbs and Shaw? Or four? I can't remember. <laughs> That's you know. another thing, yeah. It's like it's like how... And I want to get to this later, but like, how do you write a game where you're like, I guess we have to save the world because like, yeah. that's just what these people do, right? Exactly. So we were writing the story... At a time, yeah, when there hadn't been really been celebrity villains at that point. But we did know Hobbs and Shaw was happening. We had heard the rumours of Idris, Idris Elba playing Brixton. And we knew mm. Charlize Theron was playing Cypher. So we were like, okay, our villain has to be a big name actor. By that point, we'd already had the idea of if we don't get a big name actor, he has to have the gravity, the gravitas within the story that he is connected to the franchise behind the scenes somehow when we were writing the exposition for him he had to be older so that he had to have been around you know i don't know since the first movies or something you know so he Uh he could have known bragger he could have known um uh, carter verone all that kind of stuff if we'd wanted to drop those names the ones we chose obviously were cypher owen shaw because it felt like in furious six furious six starts with a truck has been blown up in moscow and we're like How's that happened? Hence, in the, ga- in the game, one of the pictures is, you know, Ormstrid stood in front of the Kremlin. Sorry, um, St. Peter's uh, Basilica. And obviously there's a, a kind of blurred out image of um, Cypher as well in the game too. Mm. So we knew our villain was going to be connected to the bad guys. Because in the movies you get to spend time with the villains, seeing what they're doing whilst the heroes are doing their bits but in games you don't i mean we can't other than cinematics we can't really keep cutting to him and having gameplay with him we knew that every time he was on screen he had to really have importance and therefore we knew we had to have an actor that as soon as you saw him he brought with him a lot of filmic baggage let's say (laughs) like you know him as a bad guy from other movies that you've seen him in Mm -hmm. so our list of bad guys our list of those actors was absolutely huge i think it was it got up to about 30 to 50 at one point peter stormare was constantly at the top because he's played so many bad guys or people of ill repute or whatever you know at the time I think John Wick 2 was one of the most recent movies at the time. And obviously Constantine, that he's awesome in. I mean, people remember him from Armageddon as well, you know. So Peter Stormare was just, is he the right age? Yeah, I think he is. He's about the right age. Or we, or we can or we can kind of, or we can age him up, certainly for the story. Does he bring that, that gravitas of 
he's played a villain before and you kind of know what to expect yes can we do something new with him yes he's a brilliant actor yeah. you know um the original name for the for the bad guy was delacroix because he was going to be French, mm. which is why you know the the kind of French and and uh, French connection in New Orleans was there. Once we knew that Peter Stormare was interested, we changed the name of the bad guy to Ormstrud, which means snake fight in Swedish. Ooh. And Ooh. and for the actor, you know, we wanted him to be able to you know not put on yet another Eastern European accent. Let, and therefore we let the bad guy be Swedish, let Peter be a Swedish villain um, and kind of crafted it around him once we knew that he was on board. That was a bit more organic, that one. So the character kind of changed, the way that he spoke changed. Peter came in with loads of notes and dialogue changed in the voice recording session. Interesting. The, the, the snake fight concept then went into the into the name of the company that he uses which is OCM and the logo is a uh, is a snake against some uh, Moroccan mountains so again we kind of just really crafted kind of Peter uh, crafted the Ormstrud character and the Ormstrud empire around Peter it makes sense when we were playing this game we were thinking you know because you're designing it and stuff like that do you have a personal actor that you want to add to the movies. One of your favorites, somebody that you think could play, it doesn't need to be a villain, but even like, you know, if, if you could add someone to this franchise, who would you add? Billie Eilish. Ooh. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Would you give her like a musical role like Rita Ora, or would you give her a full role? She is on my list if a sequel were to ever happen. I love that. That's Reason great. being, if you go young with... Uh, you know, we, uh, we it, the franchise could do with a bit more youth in in there. Agreed. Yeah, and, and it would also be a great link back to street racing, as in what is you know a youthful car culture scene like now with somebody who's living it right now of the Generation Z TikTok generation. What is mm-hmm. car culture like to them? Because that has not been represented in the movies you know the street racing and car culture scene that is in there is what we've grown up with it's not necessarily what the kids of today god that makes me sound old you know are, <laughs> are, are into and stuff having somebody in there who is younger who is cool also has expressed that they are into cars as well i think uh, yeah. i think her dad loves cars or had cars around billy when she was growing up yeah i think she'd be phenomenal and if you introduce her as some sort of liaison to the youthful street racing scene, and then obviously you realise that she's awesome and you know has mm-hmm. her own set of skills that you know she brings to the table, and then you know joins the team there, I think that then has a quite a nice dynamic in that it's got you know the youth there, it's got the uh, slightly older characters. If it if it is Vienna and Cam in the game someone like Roman and Tej and then you've got like the head of the family with with Dom and Letty yeah I think you get almost like a really wide generational blend there bridge Um, yeah yeah so I think someone someone like that definitely kind of answered sort of talked about this in a few different ways but in terms of as you're writing this 
this game to sort of narratively take place ostensibly, I guess, between eight and I guess the two, kind of a two part question. When does this take place? We're assuming kind of between eight and nine. I mean, definitely after eight, because as we've talked about, you're referencing Cypher. Eight. Yeah. Like, so when does this take place? Is this happening while Hobbs and Shaw is going on? Who knows? But like, you know, because I'm sure you know more than what you're allowed to say. But like, <laughs> yeah, uh, how does knowing what happened ahead of time in eight and I'm sure knowing some things about nine and knowing some things maybe about Hobbs and Shaw, like how do you balance all of this? Is this like part of the official canon is this kind of like his own sort of side story like how does that all blend because like especially adding in the added complication of like the movie getting delayed by a year and this getting delayed by a couple months like there's all these wrinkles like oh, we were kind of worried when we we're like oh is this going to spoil part of nine, nine. because yep. like if this is going to come out around nine like i think it was supposed to come out like almost immediately after nine we were like oh should we should we not play it? Like, do we, we don't want to, you know, and it's, it's independent of it, but like, there's a lot of moving parts here. So I'd, I'd love to hear sort of a little bit more about like the narrative and where it fits in and how you balance trying to be in between all these things, especially as coronavirus changes everything about everything. Uh, when we were writing it, we got early versions of the Fast 8 script, the Fate script. We knew what was going to be happening in that, like who the bad guy was, the general idea that Dom's going to go rogue, but didn't know the ending, didn't really know how that final scene happens with Mr. Nobody saying Cypher was last seen in Athens. Yes. So we found that out quite late as the movie was heading towards release, and therefore we changed the beginning of the game. So the beginning, the game was originally going to start with the truck heist to the point when Sebastian jumps and there and Vienna goes no 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 and the car flip you know crashes out and then it was going to rewind and say three days earlier yeah and then okay. you would start back in Barcelona uh. and then it would tell you how you got to that point which was a very common it's a very common trope that happens in TV and film knowing that the expectation would be who are these guys who are these people were playing as yes you would have the you would have the um nostalgia of hey we're driving um three blacked out cars with green underlighting uh and we're racing after a truck yeah. and i bet it's got some vcrs yeah. in there and all that kind of stuff <laughs> you know i bet you know the fans would have been like oh this is awesome but also they might have been going who am i playing as you know we haven't seen them on screen at this point we're just playing blacked out cars you don't know who's the driver you can't visualize who those people are so we were like no we've got to we've got to have dom and letty as the opening people don't we because then we can have them get out of the cars we can see them we can go, oh yeah it's it's the people i know and love off we go to the races now the mystery is afoot off we'll go to barcelona we reset you you've had a great first experience doing super heroic stuff that we know that dom and letty do from the, the last movie writing it yeah that the adding in athens and changing that came in quite late uh, as fate of the furious um, approached theaters and so this is what i mean about designing things and then things you know changing over time therefore that allowed us to then say okay when is this set then it's not like mr nobody went cypher was last seen in athens and then they take two years off on holiday or go on a Caribbean yeah. cruise or something like that. So we knew it had to be a short period of time after. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe it's been officially said when Hobbs and Shaw takes place. But no, in our we know, yeah. in our minds, this is happening during the events of Hobbs and Shaw. That was kind okay. of my guess too, because yeah. like it's it's totally independent of it, sort yeah. of by design maybe, but who knows? Like not not in terms of the game, but like the Hobbs and Shaw like just separate thing kind of altogether. Yeah. So if you imagined a 
a completely horizontal timeline just after Fate of the Furious then splits into Hobbs and Shaw goes one way, Crossroads goes the other. Then it re- we rejoin with Fast 9 after that. I didn't want to I don't want to squeeze you about Fast <laughs> 9 information. I don't. But did you did you learn things from Fast 9 that made you change the story arc of the game? as it was coming out closer to the movie release. There's something that happens in Fast 9, which uh, isn't... Yeah. <laughs> that, no, I'm teetering on I'm no, just I saying, don't, like, I don't did, did say, this influence it? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give fans hope either. You know, it, it, it is separate. You know, it is a separate game, standalone. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. it's a standalone experience. But I know from speaking to Ty- Tyrese, Tyrese said, you should speak to Justin Lin about this because there's something in the movie mm. that we're going down a, a similar path or whatever yeah I don't, I, I don't want to say it foreshadows it because obviously fast nine is not is not out what i love about that is that like tyrese by no means has has a history of like saying things he shouldn't be saying like <laughs> announcing on instagram or whatever that you know dr dre sold beats for a billion dollars <laughs> i just like that i just like that he's just like hey uh yeah here, here's a secret it's like hey man like <laughs> he's like roman in real life this is incredible yeah no he just he just confirmed some he just can sort of sorry confirmed something that we know we knew already from the script yeah i don't i can't obviously i can't say anything because it's extremely yeah, top fine. secret but um I there may agree, be a yeah. there may be a future trailer that that reveals it and then we're all fine oh, okay. okay no i don't no i don't know i don't, I don't i'm just okay. yeah, no, okay. i'm just supposing but <laughs> I'm presuming there's going to be another trailer, and whether that then reveals the thing that I'm trying to dance around here, I don't know. In, in terms of trailers, like I have successfully, I think for the most part, kind of convinced Joe to sort of avoid trailers because in my mind, yeah, like, I already, I'm, I know that I'm going to see F9. Like I don't need to have things spoiled. Yes. Like I want to go in there as sort of as pure as possible. But then you balance that with like, well, we have a podcast about these movies. Like I can't not watch the F9 trailer because, especially now with the delay, right? You know what I mean? So it's like a weird. If someone ruined. Han right. comes back for us when us trying to not watch the trailer would have been heart-wrenching. Here's a little trick that I do. I'll start watching the trailer the very minute when I, when I think, yeah, this looks good. I just close my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. And then you yep. can just hear the rest of it because I think if you close your eyes at the in the Fast 9 trailer, you'll just hear someone go, call Clubhouse. You won't know who it is but you'll at least go, oh, who is that? And you'll then start, you know, thinking things in your own head. You'll still be really excited about it, but you won't have had that reveal, let's say. Well, that's, so. the other, that's the other thing that it's like, okay, so you have a four-minute trailer, which is already, like, in a, in the best possible way, like, obscenely long. They reveal, or like, we knew John Cena was involved, but they're like, oh, he's Dom's brother. We're like, oh my god, can you believe this reveal? Yeah. And then, like, two minutes after that, it's like, oh, hot. Like, what? Like, how, if, if that's what they're giving away in the trailer, yeah. like, what crazy stuff are we going to see in the movie? We have so many, I mean, Something obviously cool. we have so many theories and things that we're like, our brains are just exploding about this, so we're just, like, thinking at how many directions they can go and things. Especially since the timeline extended by a year, right? So, like, we had, yeah. we thought we had, like, this finish line, you know, the metaphorical finish line in sight, like, okay, cool, we're gonna have answers to this, this, and this, but now we have to wait another year, and it's like, Oh no, like what what is now what? Yeah, it's really unfortunate about that. Totally understand why it's been done. It makes it even bigger now because it coincides with the twentieth anniversary of the first movie. So Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'm I'm very thankful that we got crossroads in between to give us a nice <laughs> bit of story yeah. and canon to go along with. So we appreciate your effort yeah. for sure. Yeah, thank you. One thing that we were talking about, and I'm not sure if this is something that you ever discussed or considered, but a lot of what we get is just from rumors and people like, oh, there's a report out of the set or whatever. But there's, I think, a pretty widespread, wide, widely 
passed around rumor that like the Brian character might return to the franchise at some point, whether it's going to be purely through CGI or -hmm. his brothers or whatever going to be, whatever. And so we were talking about like, we're we're of two minds with that, right? Like we, Mm -hmm. we love how we went out and obviously you want to respect the memory of Paul Walker. We get where the family's coming from that like they would love to see his legacy carry on. We're just like, I don't know, like if you do it right, like the same thing with anything, like if the franchise does it right, we're cool with it. But it, it, I feel like it's very hard to strike that balance but we were talking about with the game, you could kind of bring Brian back in an easier way than with the movie because it's all computer generated. And you could sort of recycle lines or use lines or alternate takes or whatever from previous movies. Like, was that ever a consideration to bring Brian in in some way? Or is that kind of like a, a do not enter zone? Uh, it's, a, it's a do not enter zone, I would say. But that's that's the very quick answer. The the longer answer is that just like the reason that Tej isn't in the game or Little Nobody isn't in the game, it's not because we didn't want them. It's because the story that we had to tell right, didn't right, require right. them. Why would we have Tej and Ramsey in there who already drive in the same car in the movies and really Ramsey should get her own driving, you know, her own vehicle, mm-hmm. you know? Why would we have two extra tech people in the game when we're introducing a third with Cam? So it just didn't make sense to, you know, if you've got Tej by your side, he's already got, you know, whatever next version of God's Eye is or whatever cool thing, you know, we wanted to have. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it didn't make sense for those characters to be in the game because they were superfluous to the archetype that we were putting in there with, with Cam. And it's the same with brian you know brian if brian were to return in the movies he's a hail mary right he's when the chips are down all is lost and you think oh my god this is how they're all gonna die you know the toy story 3 moments you know (laughs) that's when holy shit brian's back yes it's it was created in the best possible way with the family and the estate you know, all behind his daughter, all behind it, mm-hmm. and in a meaningful way, and in with the CG looking absolutely flawless and mm-hmm. it being respectful. Yeah, the the heroic moment that you know makes you want to cry seeing it on screen. It has to be that. We can't just have them call Brian and go, "Oh, Brian, have you heard of this Ormstreet guy?" And then just have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, back when the FBI when I was working with them, like blah blah blah. You know, it can't be that. And that moment just wasn't there. You know, should it, could it have been when Dom turns up right at the end with the blast proof car and there's two cars there and one of them's being driven by Brian? You think, oh my God, it's it's, it's digital Paul Walker. (laughs) That's not the right way to bring him round. The right way to, sorry, the bring him back. The right way to bring him back would be in the movies and it would be done in a far more grandiose way in surround sound in a theater with all the fans not expecting it as well it it wasn't it really even an area we we looked at you know we were very respectful of paul and that i hope that shows in the camaro you know the Mm -hmm. camaro because it is from too fast and we did want to have this link to that movie in a tangible way and it also 
really demonstrated something about Vienna's character that she loves. Yeah, she clings on to the past and wants to restore these or these old cars. All her all her cars are from the from the past. You know, the old little Mazda, the Camaro, mm-hmm. the Mustang. You know, these are all cars that you know. You presume that she's collected, restored back to their former glory. And it felt, therefore, and we spoke to Cody Walker about this as well. You know, we spoke to him about bringing the car back without saying words like, you know, resurrecting it and things like that, that would be really bad. We were just like, it's an iconic car. If you do, if you search Fast Furious cars, it's one of the first that comes up next to the Eclipse and the Supra and the Charger, obviously. And it was just a really tender way for us to allow Paul's legacy to carry on without actually having him physically on the screen. Yeah, we were just really, really careful about anything to do with Brian and Paul. And, it, and you know, also it, it still feels too soon as well. So Agreed. Um, 100% yeah, to it us. Wasn't, yeah. It wasn't right. You passed our test, so that's, that's an important <laughs> thing. So now <laughs> we can actually begin the interview, so that, that's good. <laughs> right. This was all just the, pre, the build-up. Um, actually, so speaking of the Yanko Camaro, can we... I wanted, I kind of want to... We, ha- we made a list while we were playing of the different references and Easter eggs and illusions mm-hmm. that we found... I'd like to run through them kind of quickly and see. This is kind of entering into spoilers. And okay. I want to see if there's any that we missed. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if we missed them because I'm sure that there are some that are like blinking. You're missing. I'm also trying to like, yep. like take notes. Like, He's how, trying how to play. You, yeah, because yeah, Joe's like, how yeah. do you not? I'm like, because I'm not. I'm trying not to crash into a thing. I'm trying to have a conversation yep, with yep, you. Yep. Like I'm playing a game and talking about it and trying to process what's going on. So mm-hmm. here's some things that we found in the game, and I'd like to see if there's any big ones or little ones, like some favorite ones okay. that we might have missed. Yep. So obviously we have uh, Dom mentioning Baby Brian, so that's just a yep. reference. I think they mentioned early on that there's the cars going crazy in New York. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Yanko Camaro, of course. There's Racer's Edge, which we, like I kind of lost my mind about. I'm like, oh my god, like it's it's international now. We wanted to grow everything. We wanted everything to evolve slightly. So yeah, the Racer's Edge. It was like, well, we can't. You know, do, do we even put the line overnight from Japan like in there? Just we was like, oh, yeah. that's a bit too much. So we're like, no, Racer's Edge, and we just assume that. Harry has done extremely well with his <laughs> with his um his his one in LA and has franchised the whole thing and now it's international. So there's a racer's edge in New York. There's a racer's edge in Paris. Police informant to international retail superstar. Like I want the Harry story. <laughs> exactly. Up yeah. in a way. Obviously, we mentioned Suki because you know they know the whole Miami mm-hmm. scene. But Suki is really cool. They mentioned race wars, which is very cool. Yep. The green running lights on the cars in the game we thought were, it was a nice little touch with race wars they they uh, cam very specifically re- um, references the race letty did when don took letty to race wars to see if it would jog her memory yeah so she races against an audi in that and it's, it's that specific race that cam's referencing and that's when uh what's her name um is saying ghost girl oh god what's her name it fancy it it's alien. the it, Iggy Azalea, yeah, where she's like, yeah, yeah go, nice job, Ghost Girl, and she loses her mind. Okay, cool, very cool. There's like the, ch- I think there's a truckload of VCRs referenced at some <laughs> yes. point. Yeah, yeah. Reference to Lompoc, which, which we, we love. love. We, we quote yeah. that a lot. You know, two years in Lompoc, I ain't never going back. We're introducing two new characters. Vienna has met Letty at some point in the past. That's something we, we'd like to explore further. What was that point that they met? And also, they know the legends just like we do. So they are the audience in that respect. So they're mm-hmm. saying, yeah, like I've heard rumors, you know, I've heard what they do with, uh, well, Haley says I heard what they do with the cars later on, but they say, yeah, like he was, he went to Lompoc and then like he did, he turned up a race in London. Like they're saying 
the legends and the rumors that we yeah. know as fans, but exactly. through their lens of they won't have, they don't know about the submarine, the cars <laughs> in Dubai, they don't know that stuff because that is like what? top secret spec. Well, I mean, I guess they're not following Roman on Instagram though, because yeah. it feels like he's taking pictures <laughs> and posting it, yeah. right? So, but they do know the things that would have been in their wheelhouse of the sure. street racing scene still. So they mention specifically the things that would have been heard in the car culture street racing uh, grapevine. Not exactly a Fast and Furious reference, but a classic car movie. Last lap, we did a bunch of classic car movies, and at one point, I think Dom is driving a Chevy Bel Air, which we, we know iconically from uh, two-lane blacktops. So I think it's kind of a cool old... It's just like a cool, cool-ass old car, right? It's a Chevy 150 Gasser. That car is a car that that we are saying that he brought back with him from Honeymoon in Cuba. So it's a... Oh, okay. Yeah, so obviously, again, referencing Fast 8 with those cool cars, those beautiful old cars that they've they've uh, modded and, and restored. Um, it's a car that he, we assume, him and Letty brought back with them from Cuba, exported it somehow, mm. I don't know how. But, um, yeah. And, um, and then obviously kitted out for the desert terrain with the big fat wheels and suspension. And I love that. Yes. Caught a cigar reference, of course, part of her own. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tej and Hobbs are both mentioned. Mm-hmm. Then there's the mission where the bomb... I guess this is, again, a spoiler, sort of. But there's toward the end, there's the mission where, like, Roman has a bomb strapped to him. And he's talking about how he never even learned Ramsey's last name, which I yep. love. Yep, yep, yep. You reference Nightshade, which mm-hmm. I think... Or Nightshade 2.0, maybe. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. a yep. return to Nightshade. And then there's the thing at the end, The toward, I think that maybe the last one that we caught, the last one we wrote down was... You know, when Letty is escaping at the end through the, through those tunnels, the very reminiscent of the end of four. Of course, yes, yes. Every single set piece in the game, the inspiration from it came from the movies. I love that. The game is not just playing through those exact same missions, but now that you're doing it as a player, it was like, no, we, we they live on screen, we love them, and also playing it again would just be... I've seen Boring. this before, right? Yeah. yeah so I what agree. we wanted to do was, okay, let's do a sequence where you're chasing after something and trying to get something off it. We did go with a train in the end because we were like, yeah, we wanted to do a train yeah. sequence. In this particular case, you're jumping onto it and you're trying to stop somebody. The truck heist, again, it was it was trying to take the, the truck over. It's in Barcelona, it's at night. Okay, that was a very more direct homage because we definitely wanted to have the green underlighting and make, make the fans yeah, yeah. feel happy like, like we got, we got you guys. Hold my beer, right? Yeah. If you want to do a heist, the fir- the fir- very first one you do is exactly like you remember and love from the very first movie. So we wanted to do that very, very one to one, and then everything else was what huge, massive objects and vehicles can we throw at you uh, for you to do these things? So yeah, we wanted the hovercraft, we wanted the car transporter, mm-hmm. and you know we were like, oh, is it a bit too close to Bad Boys Two or Bad Boys with the cars being thrown off the transporter? We're like, is it too close to that? And we're like, no, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we put that in there. Every set piece is directly representative of something that has happened in the movies, but with a brand new twist, brand new reason for doing it, brand new location, different characters doing it. Uh, therefore, you get a sense of, you get that kind of Force Awakens sense of familiarity whilst it also being brand new, hopefully. Before we get back to the Easter eggs, I want to know about the final set piece then, because that feels like uh, <laughs> not in the movies yet. And so this is spoilers there too, but like... We always pray that they go to space, right? That's the that's the clamoring that we all have, right? We're like, it's going to have to end in space at some point. Yeah. yeah. And so the game ends with them shooting missiles out of rockets to, to 
keep it from going out to outer space. And then Dom is riding a rocket at the end <laughs> as you have to basically decommission Incredibly. the rocket and then save him from dying on the rocket or whatever, right? Right. So you're saying that every every sequence comes from a, a movie, but like no rockets yet. So I mean, is that just is that kind of a nod to the everybody wants to go to space or where do, where does that come? Or is it one of those things where like we have to go bigger because that's just what the Fast and Furious does? So is that where that comes from? You know, the very early conversations were holy crap, how do we get bigger than a submarine? All we were doing were looking for giant objects. So we we would look to the aircraft carrier and we were like, okay, let's try and do something with an aircraft carrier. But at the speed an aircraft carrier can go, which is very slow, what are we going to do? We can't, and it might feel like it's another kind of water-based object that, you know, is either chasing you or chasing after. So the aircraft character, the aircraft carrier got pushed back a little bit and then you just jump onto it during the port sequence. But there was potentially something around, some, an idea there, an inkling of something to do with an aircraft carrier. And then we started looking at, well, okay, what's bigger than that? And we found some crazy stuff. So, you know, that's why we found the big excavator thing with the crazy arms, with the with the saws on the end, like a kind of um, a Devastator yeah. Transformer, right? You know, uh, for something which was going to give you the amount of drama, the amount of visual spectacle, also be a, a real threat, this ties back to Ormstrid and the plot. At the time, there were two things happening at the time. First... North Korea was announcing that they had missiles that could potentially strike the US, which was very scary. So when we were thinking of what is the bad guy plot, what is the thing that he's trying to do, just like Cypher was trying to get the nukes, we were like, okay, well, what if he doesn't want the nukes? What if he wants everyone else to use their nukes? And he's just literally allowing you to... affording you the ability to use them without any kind of retaliation. It came at a kind of scary time in real life where we thought, yeah, what if the ability to detect nukes wasn't there and someone could just fire one off and the Mm -hmm. first you would ever hear about it is when it actually hit. And that was therefore quite a scary thought, especially being able to launch it on the mainland. That's where that came from. It was like, oh my God, okay, our bad guy is essentially has got something against the US, just like the Dark Knight just wants to see the world burn, you know, just wants to give America a black eye, like he says, just wants to put them in their place. He's just an old school gangster. The technology that he has is essentially something almost like an EMP for the the strategic defense grid, which would literally allow anyone to have a free pot shot at America. So that's where the kind of bad guy idea for his villainous plot came from. And then the other thing that was happening in real life as well was SpaceX was you know, sending the Falcon rockets up and talking about Starship One. All that was it was taking off in in the public eye as well. So we thought, yeah, wow, yeah, a rocket is bigger than <laughs> it's bigger than a submarine, isn't it? It's yeah, it's as and, big as you can get. And the joke is, of course, with the fans and the critics or whatever, is that yeah, one of these days these movies are gonna go to space. So we thought, let's play into that then. Let's absolutely play into Lean that. Lean into it. There's a huge rocket and it's going to be firing the thing up into space. And once it's up in space, you can't get to it. Like, it's gone. But it's up there. If someone fires a nuke, yep, that thing is up there. Like, you know, like as a satellite and you can't stop it. You can't shoot it down. Although I think you can do that now, right? But uh, yeah, you, unless you're going to send Bruce Willis there to sort it out, you know, um, <laughs> you know, that's it. It's gone. The feeling of a rocket going off and how the hell are the team going to stop that 
And then the idea of, well, what if you knocked it off its axis and it was just scraping along the ground, the ground like, yeah. like the submarine? I think we've got an ending there. <laughs> I think we've got a villain, a deployment vehicle for his plot. And I think we've got an ending there, which is bigger than the submarine. So that's where it all kind of came from. A lot of work, you know, to get to that point of, of, of working out that that and researching things and then just like life imitating art, really. And, you know, the things that uh, oh, sorry, art imitating life, you know, the things that were happening in the real world were the things that yeah. really uh, influenced it. And also you in the end there, you also have something brand new car related is the fireproof car, right? It's just like, well, because there's there's the, when the game is just like, oh, yeah, now just cross behind the jet fuel. And Joe yeah. is like, no, mm-hmm. you, you, you just evaporate. Like, jet, there's no way. Jet fuel yeah. like, melts no, still like, beams, right? That's yeah, the whole if, that's if, the meme, right? <laughs> If, like, one person on planet Earth, though, can figure out, or if one crew on planet Earth can figure out how to survive this, it is the family, right? So, like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess we're just, we're fireproof now, which is, you know, I I believe it. It works. It works, yeah. yeah. We saw the rally charger that gets dropped out of the the plane, and we saw the ice charger, um, and we're like, okay, what do we do now? You know, the charger is almost like... A, it's like the Batmobile. It has many forms and many you mm-hmm. know, changes each each um, each time. For this, it was like I think it's one stretch too far because the engine block is exposed and stuff. We were like, it's just one step too far to hide that and bullet uh, and fireproof it and still have it recognizable because we didn't we didn't really want it in black and stuff. So we we looked, we went to Dodge and we we spoke to Dodge about what can we use with within the wheelhouse of of dodge and they and they came back and said well we've got the challenger it's the hellcat and we were like well yeah. the hellcat already has the name of <laughs> insinuating that it's uh, uh um fireproof and stuff so it kind of went from there and we we spoke with dodge and presented them designs for what a kind of blast shield car would look like they loved it obviously dodge are huge partners for the franchise as well yeah and it kind of went from there the bit that kind of, you know, some things that end up on the cutting room floor in, in both games and movies. The one thing that we didn't actually explore further is Cam and Vienna chase after a truck and they find these heatproof panels. And Vienna says, oh, that could come in useful. Oh, yeah. I didn't even connect this, buddy. The, I, I, it makes sense now, but well, it, yeah, you're it right. Kinda, it kind of doesn't because we, because we didn't really explore it maybe as, as much as we <laughs> should have. But the idea was that we would have seen the Mustang without them on it. Then we show the Mustang with them on it. And in the gameplay, there was going to be a bit where Vienna was going to also go into the exhaust flames to do something. In the end, we put them on the on the buckles on the on the side to disconnect mm-hmm. the engines from because we just felt it just took too much away from Dom. Like Dom's here to save the day. He should be the only one with the fireproof you know, car, and therefore therefore it felt like Vienna was almost stealing his stuff. Well, if she can do it, then why do we need Dom, right? So we in the end, we actually edited ourselves there and actually took that out a little bit from from the particular gameplay there. But it was hinted in there in that particular sequence. But really, it makes the most sense that they chase after the tank, which has got a flame flame throw at the beginning, they realize that, hmm, we may encounter fire sometime later in the game. Yeah, and yep. then Dom comes back. That's why he says I'm going shopping, comes back with the thing that they need at the right point. So yeah, hopefully it all, all makes sense. It does. Good. <laughs> we always talk about like the, the set pieces 
in the sense of cities. We were really excited that we got two new cities that we don't normally, actually more than two, but two specifically new cities that we that we spend a lot of time in in the game in New Orleans and Morocco and Barcelona too, right? And we were wondering how you came up with these cities. Why did you pick these? Was it just coloring or the feel of the game or was there some kind of direction behind it? What, what, what was your mindset in picking these specific places? As I kind of alluded to before, a lot of racing games out there only take place in one single location right. and you kind of explore that location to death so you which is great you know free roam everywhere and it's all about exploration and discovery and and got an overhead map and fast traveling and picking up side of quests and all that kind of stuff and, and that's great you know but that's not what the movies are the movies are investigations and saving the world going from one thing to the next chasing out playing cat and mouse with a bad guy or you know pursuing them or escaping them whatever it is it's it's always an unrelenting drive forward uh, through mm-hmm. those through those movies so we wanted to capture that the same in the games too we knew that we therefore we weren't going to set it all in one particular location we weren't just going to give you la and you know playing cat and mouse trying to find this guy around the city um, it just mm-hmm. felt like that's the movies have grown beyond that they're now these international you right. know, we're constantly going from location to location to location so we wanted to do that the same in the game you know we chose athens as I said quite late because we wanted to link directly to something mr nobody had said in the last movie yeah, which is so smart and so cool yeah yeah yeah. yes so smart we knew that we wanted the hispanic vibe from the movies to be represented in some way we did think about south america dominican republic cuba havana uh, you know and we're like well we could explore havana a little bit more but it might feel like we're either like dom and letty of what they went back there after the honeymoon or something like that like this doesn't, didn't yeah. make sense for them and also we've seen it already we wanted to go somewhere new we, we thought about san diego at one point we we just wanted some somewhere that felt like it had the same vibe that people were new and you could have Spanish music on in the background and have that feeling of familiarity and that sense of home, but also give you something new. And that ended up being Barcelona. Also, because it's got the beach, it's got the city, it's got the hills, and that visually, therefore, allowed you to have something quite different uh, depending on where you were. It made sense that Vienna being the kind of family role giving giving her that uh, head of the family role and looking to the past and being someone who is very maternal that they would have a farmhouse which is all rustic and you know yeah. uh, she she's restoring from you know i think she says a line of um she got us a good deal uh, sebastian got us a good deal on the house so you presume it was like a beat-up barn or something like that and they've been eking out their meager livings trying to restore this barn uh, and I think also in one of the scenes you'll see inside the farmhouse there's kind of a back area which is Cam's area and that's very dark it has computer screens in there mm. and you know that's again showing they live there together but they are completely separate in their in the way that they think Cam has lots of uh, screens and uh, fluorescent lighting and all that kind of <laughs> stuff back there so yeah Barcelona was was a, a lock in quite quite early we knew we wanted a kind of a large area where you would get to free roam more you know games take a very long time to make a lot of assets are need creating and we wanted to have somewhere that was just a little easier for 
like the artist, the environment team to to work on, um, okay. whilst they were also then working on another city. So that's where Morocco came from. It's obviously geographically nearby Barcelona, so that made sense to the story that it would be somewhere that Kai could retreat to quite close by. It felt correct in terms of almost like Tatooine, a, a place... Uh, not Morocco, the country, obviously, you know, that's that's a huge generalization. Yeah. But this specific part of Morocco, it made sense that that is where he could keep his villainous uh, cartel, Moroccan mob, Tadakul, out of sight, out of mind, without anyone being able to find him. And that, very, very, again, kind of felt very familiar to, you know, when they were trying to find bin laden out in the afghani mountains and stuff yeah. you know it felt that kind of hiding spot would be appropriate for this kind of character new orleans came around because again it's a it's a beautiful city it's got a lot of color it's got the you know the the french quarter it's got the mm-hmm. skyscrapers it's modern it's also got the bayou area it's it's absolutely huge it's got suburbia it's got the marshlands and the swamps and stuff it just felt like it had everything we needed geographically and visually to be able to tell the story of a villain who hides in plain sight in the industrial kind of areas and also give us the geographical terrain that would allow us to play with the concept of terrain cars and speed cars, things like that in Mm. multiplayer as well. We wanted you to be able to go off-road a little bit. So Morocco with the desert allowed us that and then also the kind of marshlands and swamp allow that in multiplayer too. So it just kind of made sense to have that in there. You know, New Orleans is a cool place. Barcelona has got the familiarity of it. Athens touched on the story. And then Morocco was a great hiding spot for the villain. Yeah, that that. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think the last big thing that I want to touch on, and you mentioned them, you referenced them, is the Tadakul and the sort of the the, the role that they play Mm. in this game, in this story. And... I'd like to hear a little bit more about that if we can and like where yeah. the idea for that came from and if you were going to consider something that already existed within the franchise or if it, you know, trying to balance existing things versus something brand new and how that all kind of works in and blends in here. It came again from the, the the desire to have bad guys that really felt meaningful and weren't just like another cart of our own uh, drug baron or, or something like that or Braga, yeah. kind yeah. of like a probably like a modern gang well not you know not modern but like a a, a, a a gang or a criminal empire that we've kind of seen a lot you know we knew we wanted that with Ormstrud because he has been a gangster all his life and his goons are or his crew that he's created are supposed to be reminiscent of the Furious Six you know Owen Shaw's kind of crew or, or now Cypher's crew so we felt like we wanted something you know, we're always looking to the past, you know, I think, oh God, I'm quoting lines in the game now. Um, <laughs> but we're always, always looking to the past and, and cars and heists and things like that. And we were thinking back when it was the days of horses and carriages and things like they were the equivalent of cars on the road and heists back in the day were, you know, highwaymen who would stop you and, and rob yeah. your carriage and things like that. And it just felt like a criminal empire that kind of came from those days, those days of, you know, these highway robbery scenarios. And it kind of kept that heritage there and tradition and knowing that we wanted our bad guy to be unrelated to Ormstrid in terms of 
nationality, knowing eventually that he would he would be Moroccan. We we it kind of all started to make sense that they were a a criminal organization that ran on tradition and therefore they'd been around for a long time, had kept their ways by keeping secretive. They had their own legends um, of how they operated and stuff. That felt kind of almost like a, a Japanese samurai, you know, keeping their traditions. You know, not mm-hmm. you know, samurai are the good guys, obviously. Yeah, it felt like the Tadakal would be kind of the opposite of that. Like they were the bad guys that have been around for a long time, had their traditions, and it kind of went from there. And that would then be in direct opposite to Ormstrid and his like modern day technologically based um, um, bad guys. What I appreciate about that and that that description specifically is that it, it at once feels like it belongs in this kind of franchise, but also 100% as yeah. the franchise becomes more like yeah. one thing that we kind of not complain about, but we we don't love seeing is that like everything just becomes more like hacky, hacky, hacking. Like a lot of Charlize in eight is just kind of like typing on computers. Like I'm going to show them and yeah. it feels refreshing to have something that feels like it belongs here but also feels like it's not just a like the i think we we have to all just accept that like the world is getting more technical and all that and like yeah that's just how things are going and that makes sense but it's also nice to have something that's not that that just feels different like feels like it belongs but also yeah. feels different yeah old, old versus new is yeah. one of the big things that guided the, the entire story and the characters you know the old is kai the new is Ormstrid. the old yeah. looking into the past is vienna looking to the future is cam so it's, it. it trickles all the way through and that's equally true when we see the cars that dom's been working on so when he says they're two two vehicles made from the same parent chassis so it's a chevy chassis yes we we, yeah. we talked to dennis mccarthy the car coordinator on the movie on this and that came from Fast Four when they the tanker is coming running towards them, and um, he gets a lot of uh, mail about the car that was used in the Doms sat in there, and he was talking to us about the Chevy chassis, like so, uh, it can be used in a variety of different ways, and they've you can build many cars off and things like that. So the idea was that yeah, we take a, a a parent and then we create family out of that parent. So we're trying to you know Brilliant. put put the idea of family into the cars as well. And of course, the ones that Dom makes, there's a shiny solar powered technological one for Cam, and there's a moonshine racer rat rod for Vienna. And again, we went with the kind of moonshine racer reference because that's where street racing kind of came from you know people who were trying to get their liquor across state lines as fast as they could you know so again like just trying to reference as much from car culture and the past and what we did with cars in the past as well trying to do new things with them and then link them into the story in just a, a meaningful way uh and direct opposite to the new stuff like you said i love that that's super cool I guess my last question, just going back to the Easter eggs for a second, is there yeah. anything when we were because I got I got distracted I distracted myself by just talking about the rocket, right? But like, is there anything <laughs> that we missed? Man, yeah. Anything in particular that you're like, oh, I you know I buried something really, or we buried something like really deep in here, or whatever that, that... you heard that we missed so yeah. far. There's, there's there's absolutely tons. <laughs> so as they're appro- in the first mission in their opening Barcelona mission, they're talking about how they're hungry and the reason for that conversation is that they were establishing that they're broke and they say oh how we go to that restaurant and uh, i think vienna says uh, oh with the seared tuna and the tuna obviously references yeah yeah from there also just the fact that they're hungry is the end of two as well we pockets ain't empty right so pockets ain't empty because there is a line that roman says which is foreshadowing something in fast nine 
So Ooh. I can't say mm. what that is. Yeah, gotta play the game again, I guess. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm trying to think of other stuff. Is it Thailand? I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> I always wanted to go to Thailand. That's that's yeah. When we were playing the game, we were actually like, "Is that a hint that okay?" We'll also, I spent there. like an hour yesterday trying to get that one. That that was like the one single player achievement I could not get, which is like get there with two minutes left on the clock. Like it just, I just can't. So here's a tip for that. Here's a tip yeah, for okay. that. Uh, you can drive through the cornfield on either side of the road. Okay. Yeah? So it's a Much bit more easier. open world that you may expect that. In, in, that, in that section there. When Vienna and Cam come back from hacking the data at the Moroccan data center, they plug the hard drive into the computer and it comes up with a list of tactical owned businesses or, or, yeah. or sorry, tactical partners or people on the payroll or whatever it is. One of those mm-hmm. is Etion. Oh, interesting. Okay, very yeah. cool. I think that's about it. There's, there's. I mean, there's obviously like the James Bond references that James that yeah. that, that Roman does. See you later, double o nothings and things like that. You know, uh, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of ad libbing and things like that. You know, that that came with those kind of missions. Yeah, I, th- I think that's about it. There are there are more. There's there's numbers that we use. Um, well, I think the police cars have the number 1327. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, of the course. address. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. You get it. Yeah, I don't need to explain things to you guys. You know all this stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, by the way, this is your official, consider this your official invitation that on January 3rd, 2027, we're going to do anything we can <laughs> to rent out that house in California and just throw like the big right. big party. So this is officially your barbecue. invitation a barbecue, in obviously. six and a half years. Come join us on 1327. Absolutely. Yes. It is, uh, I've been to that house before and it's, uh, yeah. It's like Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we were, we were talking about how like uh, we would love to have the house across the street from that house yeah. because then you, you could like wake up it. and look out every day and be like, oh, there's the Toretto's just across the street. Yeah, exactly. I pulled up and took photos and stuff and even during my short times, parking the car, walking up, taking a photo, looking around you can walk down as well like at the bottom of that road is where Toretto's cafe is so you can literally just walk from one to the other in the short time that I was there at least two other heavily modified Japanese import cars (laughs) (laughs) pulled up and did similar things so yeah it's I can't imagine how many they get per day the the only thing that I've ever done like that is I went to the uh the the white residence in from Breaking Bad where Mm. you could just like there's the place in Albuquerque where you can go and don't throw pizzas on the roof I would yeah don't throw because they put up the fence now or whatever but like this is back in well, with, I guess when we were, my sister was moving back from California, so it must have been 2013. It's so like right around the time the show ended. We were there, you know, the same thing. Like we were there for like five minutes, and there were like three or four cars. And then whoever lives in that house came out and just like angrily standing there. It's like, I mean, like I get it, but like you live in the white, you, you live bought in the, the white house. residence, you bought right? The house. So like, Come on. Yeah. What, yep. do you, what do you expect? You know that we do some little nods. Like we're very aware of what the game is, you know. Sure. So even in the stakeout mission when you start there that you know cam says you're gonna sit outside somebody's warehouse in a boring ass stakeout who wants to do that you know and that is (laughs) that is a very clear reference to the fact that how dare we in a game where you're supposed to be going fast and furious how dare we put you in a car and not actually allow you to move like that was yeah you know because you've just done something really exciting and you're about to do something really exciting so pacing wise it's like no have a breather (laughs) have that frustration of one you know you we, we're trying to make you feel like cam at that point of like i want to move i want to you know i want to drive yep. and and you and you have that feeling and then and when cam like i'll 
you know, screw this, I'm going. You're like, oh, finally. And you do feel <laughs> like, like, I agree with them. <laughs> and off you go. I think it's that mission, too, where, like, they open the garage doors and there's, like, these two really badass, like, super modified cars. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to drive one of these. And, like, yeah. no, you're in that. And, like, it's like, oh, God damn. Like, come on. Like, what are you doing to us? Yeah. There we go. That's a, that, there's another Easter egg. Yeah, Vienna says, uh, oh, the, the, the hot rod's got my name all over it. And they're like, no, 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 you're going to be driving that. And they look at the delivery van. And the Star Wars reference there is when Ray says, that is a piece of garbage when she looks at the Millennium Falcon. Oh, originally. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have Cam go, what? It's garbage. It's the same thing there. That's that's very cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, actually, the, one other thing in terms of the like the cars and like just the driving of it is that like I think there's an interesting balance between, like you think about a Fast and Furious game and you think about like there's a lot of races but i think there's really from what i remember there's like maybe two, two traditional two. street races there's the one where someone does not make it uh oh. which i will not spoil oh we spoiled everything else where sebastian essentially gets honed mm-hmm. and then yeah. there's like the supercar where you're driving the katana and like that's but like other like we're just like oh the yep. movies really aren't about those kind of races anymore either so like your brain's like oh i i'm expecting to drive a lot of those but i feel like what you're trying to do narratively with the story, it wouldn't feel genuine almost. Yeah, exactly. The movies have, you know, evolved since that. As we were talking about ranking the movies, you know, the movies have evolved beyond that. And there's a huge audience who, you know, still love the street racing and stuff like that. And yeah, and we do as well, but equally they have transformed into something else. So we knew we definitely wanted to pay respect to that, to the history. And that's why we had that, you know, illegal party scene, you know, spray paint on the floor kind of race. That is the way that the characters try to get out of their situation because that's all they know at that point, which is, you know, completely resets you back to thinking in terms of Fast 1 and Fast 2. If you were a street racer and you wanted some money, that is, you'd go to what you know, right? That you'd get lured back into the to, into the seat and you'd try and win the race for the pink slips and and, uh, and the cash and, and try and win it that way. That's all they have. So that's why we definitely wanted to... It felt right to have that kind of race in the game as a homage, but also because that is the way that, that the characters know how to deal with things. As the movies have progressed on, they've got more elaborate, you know, either out in the sticks in race wars or in the city racing through London or and it felt therefore that we wanted to bring to the table something a bit more legitimate. And we really thought about whether it should be race wars in the city or not. Every time we've seen race wars, it's, you know, you know, it feels like it's burning man in a desert in our race wars exactly yeah. and therefore it you know it was previously at willow springs actually in the in the in the early movie we went to actually visit willow springs as well you know it felt like should we do race wars in the city in which case that again brings with it a lot of kind of baggage of well is hector running that or not <laughs> you know is yeah is hector the the reason that you know that race wars is now in new orleans and if he is when dom asks him for cars he would have to say yes. He'd be like, sure thing, exactly. dude. Like, yeah, yeah I, got, I got your back, you know. And we knew gameplay-wise we needed you to win them. So that therefore made sense of like, okay, let's not have race wars. Let's have a different thing called Fuel Fiesta. And it's ran by Mahalia, again, trying to put more people of colour in positions of power uh, yeah. as we can. And it also allowed us narratively a character who can say no to Dom. You obviously get a sense of history there, like, you know, the way they hug each other. But also you realise that she's the head of her family and she's looking out for her family. I can't let you take these 
got the, these cars done. You know, I can't have any of what you do traced back to me and what we've built here. That's an important line there to say, look, I'm looking after my family just like you're looking after yours. Mm-hmm. And therefore that made sense that we could only really do that with a brand new character. That allowed us to then kind of do what we wanted with that street race without having to have it kind of stuck within the branding of of race wars and stuff and allowed us to have a more modern race you know with sponsors with a big soundstage and music and all that stuff and the kind of revelry that you get from race wars but without kind of being restricted by the the narrative desires that i think the fans would have liked if hector had turned up or something or even sean you know we did think of yeah. having sean as potentially the owner of of fuel fiesta but again that didn't make sense well i love the way it turned out and i uh you know, this the story is just like it's so cool. Like I think it was it kind of exceeded what we were not hoping for, but like thought it might be. It just Definitely. It feels cool. It feels important, I think, is the is the bottom line. Like it feels like it's it's narratively like there are stakes here that even if it isn't directly referenced or everything, like we know these like we kind of have information of like where Dom and Letty and Roman have been. Mm-hmm. And I think that alone, like it just it's worth playing and worth or like worth watching a walkthrough on YouTube or what you know what I mean? Just like yep. you need to experience this somehow because I feel like this is important to especially what we're doing here and like over analyzing every little bit like it just it scratched that itch that especially that we've been missing you know from we should have had f9 by now mm-hmm. but like this this is you know this made this fast and furious year like worth it so thank you thanks very much i mean i think there's been some uh, the, the people online who have, who have uh, talked about the game's length and stuff like that but for us it it's it's telling a story which is our, you know it's two movies worth yeah we want everyone to get through it there is a statistic out there which is I've been in the games industry for 20 years now there's there's a statistic out there which has been exactly the same throughout that entire 20 years which is only a third of the people who buy your game finish your game which yeah. as developers you know it's is disappointing is very disappointing right? the amount of people that work on these products and all the artists I know who put all their life and soul into the environments and the designers and the audio and the physics and like everybody who's involved in making a game to then find out that two thirds of the people who bought your game didn't even see the yeah. ending or exactly. halfway through yeah. the story or whatever. And it felt very a different prospect here. We want everyone to get through it. We want everyone to play the story, see the ending, know what that you know what the next step is in the fast franchise after eight know where the characters kind of end up know that oh there's potentially two new characters that are joining the franchise here right you know and get that feeling get to know the characters of vienna and cam hopefully you know fall in love with them as i said and want to see more that's not possible if you're only telling a third of the story and right. people are, just see them at the beginning as like these bickering characters that they don't really want to know how they end up. I, I'd hope everyone who buys the game finishes it and we get 100% of people <laughs> playing our game and, and finishing it. Like I have, and this is not exactly this conversation, but you know, I have like The Last of Us Part 2, which I know I'm going to love, or like Red Dead 2, which I know I'm going to love, but like do I have 25 or 100 hours to like put into it? Like I, I kind of love like the 3, 4, 5, 6 hour game because it's like you can beat it in a weekend. Like you don't have to, like it's not the entire it's just, there, there's an upside to it and I feel like people kind of are missing the point. I don't know. I don't know, but. Absolutely. Yeah. I have no issues with it, so I, I appreciate that. So, yeah. I do want the last my last thought about the game then I want to do one quick game with you I was not ready because I've been playing video games for 
25, 27, whatever, since I was five, right? Like 27 yeah. years, right? I've died so many times in so many video games, right? Like I just, you die all the time, but there, I was not ready genuinely for like, when you fail a mission, be like, Letty has died. Like just that line, oh, yeah. like the, the restart screen, I was just like, and this is not, this is not me blowing smoke. This is a genuine reaction. We're just like, I was not ready for like the feeling I had when it's like Letty, like I killed Letty. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, like what? And I don't know, like it's just a very, very simple, like Letty has died, restart or quit. And just like, oh, oh my God, like what did I do? <laughs> well, that's, that, that's, that's great to hear that. I mean, the way that the game handles, the way that the difficulty is balanced, all that kind of stuff is with the fans in mind. We're very obviously conscious that the the movies do insanely well at the box office it's the seventh or even higher biggest franchise in the world with hundreds of millions of people around the world do they play games though we don't know and right. what we wanted to make sure is we didn't make a game that only appealed to people who already buy racing games or yeah, people yeah. who mm. are already like playing Call of Duty or something like that. We wanted to make sure we made the game balanced and everything was perfectly put in a line to make sure that if you're a fan of the franchise, you can pick it up, you can play it with your son or daughter or your dad or your mum or, a, or as, a, as a group a family experience and you can mm-hmm. pass the control around and you can all get through the levels and the missions and stuff have fun get to see Dom and Letty back on the back on your tv screens as an appetizer for fast nine and have a great experience where you actually sit down and do get through the entire the entire thing you know i i, I i'm slightly surprised that you uh you killed Letty so many times i well, thought, not, I thought we'd couple, uh, got the balancing i thought i thought we got the difficulty right that that shouldn't happen but uh <laughs> actually you know, i was saying to joe that it, a lot of the game it feels like the game wants you to win like it's i think that's again like Which kind of you, balancing. you're saying yeah it's not just like a series of quick time events right where you're, you're watching a story like oh hit a here or hit rb the slammed thing right like it's not that but it feels like you're not making a game to make a difficult racing game you're yeah. making a game that tells a story that like you're a part of and i didn't die a ton but again it was me trying to like think about things for the podcast even before we knew we would talk to you but like knowing that to cover this and then also talking to joe on discord while i'm playing and like i'm yep. doing a lot of these different things so <laughs> i'm maybe i'm better at video games than i'm letting on but uh i, I died a couple times i killed Letty a couple times so michelle i am so so sorry we just wanted to <laughs> remove as many frustrations as possible yeah you know, it feels like you have it feels doing fun things going whoop and cheering and going oh cool and oh, i got a reference and all like we just want those moments as many yeah. as possible without you having to go oh i died restart and hear them all <laughs> over again or do it all over mm-hmm. again so yeah it's very specifically designed like that Wonderful. you accomplished that you for accomplished sure it. buddy cool yeah. so Andy, the final thing we have to do is okay. I want to find out which Fast and Furious character you are. Are you ready for this? Mm. Okay, then go. So we, we found a personality quiz online and we took it, we, we gave it to a bunch of guests and we took it ourselves. And we're like, this is fine, but we could do better, right? And okay. so we came up with our own quiz. We have 25, I think, different answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's very exciting is that our listener, Wes, just actually created a, a, a web, like a desktop based thing that I'm going to be using for the first time. Ooh, um, interesting. So nice. very exciting. So here we are. There's seven questions. Okay. No wrong answers. This is mm-hmm. just who you are go as a your person, yeah. what you prefer. Are mm-hmm. you ready? Mm-hmm. Question number one: How fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor scooter? Murcielago. 
Okay. The okay. Lamborghini are one of my favorite cars. They just look like stealth bombers, don't they? They're just yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Just like they. Hundred percent. They look like you've taken a, a a block of black shiny marble or onyx, and you've taken a katana, and you've literally just like mm-hmm. slashed a bunch of times and you're left with just that angular awesome low riding car so yeah it has to be the merchant Largo, i think okay very cool very cool now question number two you know it's coming how furious are you the hulk <laughs> kylo ren christian bale on that one movie set that one time <laughs> mel gibson charlie brown or Jack McBrayer. Uh, uh, Charlie Brown from Snoopy. Or yes. Else. Yeah. Not, <laughs> very, not very furious. Just a little, you know, just like, you know, after Lucy pulls the football away, he gets a little angry, but mostly he's just kind of, he's not very furious. I, I, I'm, I'll go with Kylo Ren here. I think okay. <laughs> he, the way he kind of stomps around when he just has a little bit of a childlike fit and just ignites his saber and just like <laughs> destroys that room or whatever it is. I think that, that, that's very much me sometimes. So uh, yeah, let's go with that. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Now, Andy, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill? Mm. Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? Uh, I'm a grill guy. I, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a grill guy, I think. If I wasn't, I would be constantly around it, making sure that they're turning the steak over or whatever all the time <laughs> and keeping yeah. it nice and tender. So I think so, yeah. If I'm not allowed to do that, I'll, I'll entertain. I'll, I'll put the music, I'll okay. put the tunes on. All right, now, Andy, you've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? Oh, uh, what's this time to kill? Yeah, you're just gonna, uh-huh. you, got, you got a free weekend. I mean, you seem like a man of a million hobbies. I have no <laughs> idea where this is going to go. So it wouldn't be working on the computer. I would play a game. So I've just been, you know, whatever it may be, looking forward to Microsoft Flight Simulator, for example, so I can uh, <laughs> just, just you know, go and relax. But then yeah. equally going and playing the latest UFC game that's just come out. So that, you know, that I'm a gamer at heart. So it's 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 always going to be that. Joe, I think we answered, I think the points we allotted in that included kind of gaming or not really? Or is it more work, doing I work? I don't remember. I, I think it was, uh, okay. it was it was being on your computer yeah, more just so like, than yeah. working on your computer. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with hanging with friends because okay. our company has a distributed development model, which means that we all work from home anyway. Okay. So... When the pandemic took over, we were very lucky that our natural work environment was already already conducive to working from home and stuff. When lockdown happened and you weren't even allowed, you know, out to see your friends and stuff, and we were all jumping on like house party or Zoom calls or whatever, right. that's the bit that made me realise, oh, damn, it's the lack of being able to see your friends which is actually yep. the thing that keeps me sane most of the time so mm-hmm. i'm actually going to go with hanging with friends you can you okay. can go on your computer anytime you want unless there's unless, unless there's like a global emp that gets turned <laughs> on or whatever we all end up in the walking dead all right uh are you married yes now this is okay so this that's not the actual question for this oh, okay, right. I, just wanted, I just wanted to get that as a baseline so now please describe your wedding for us i'm never getting married which i hope is not your answer uh, <laughs> it's just me and my partner it's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> Everyone I know is there. Yeah, got married in a... Such an English thing to say. Got married in a palace. But um, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have those over here. Got, got married in a, in a, in a palace and we, wow, were in the, okay. we were in the center of the room with everyone around us as opposed to 
two people That's going awesome. up at the front and everyone being behind. So everyone got like a really good view. No one was like too far away. The uh, the concept was yeah, just you, you know, you just invite as many people as you Everyone. as you can yeah i love it because otherwise you're just gonna you just you, your auntie your, your aunt and uncle are just gonna be unhappy if you didn't invite so and so and you know someone's gonna get the hump if you don't invite them and yeah yeah and, yeah and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff so yeah free bar as many as people as possible one giant party i love it that sounds great i also do want to say as a shout out to west that seeing the character out like who it is update in real time is a beautiful thing okay you just won the lottery what are you buying my own garage a private plane I'm gambling it all away. My childhood home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? A new life, wow. Um, a, a new life sounds like you're going in a witness protection program and you're going to like Could destroy be. your old life, though. But for me, a new life would be you having using the money to do the things that we all cannot just go and do on a whim. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it would be I don't go on a holiday enough, and if there okay. was enough money in the world, then you would just go. I'm going on a holiday next week, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, you know, sure. or I'm going to do that cruise, or I'm going to go and uh, live in uh, France and do my work from France instead, or whatever it may be. So if this doesn't skew the personality test enough and make it seem like I want to escape my current life, I would say that one. I don't know what okay. it is though. I think it works well. Okay. And then the final question, this is going to decide it all. What is your drink of choice? <laughs> Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just Joe's going to the bar? Just get me whatever you're having. Whatever you're having. I'm I'm really not fussed on, on choices of drinks. I, okay. if, my, if my friends are drinking beers, I'll drink beers. If we're uh, out, you, out at a bar, we'll be having whiskey and cokes. You know, whatever it is. Uh, and also, I like trying new things. So, yeah, otherwise, you just get caught in a rut don't you if you know if somebody says oh there's this weird new strawberry pale <laughs> ale from the netherlands or something like okay let's try that it might be horrible in which case you don't have it again but at least you've tried it so all right joe do you have any guesses on who he is no i mean he went so many different directions i can't <laughs> pin it down so this is something we've had before but we've only had him once and given how given his popularity given the fact that he's like a five percent chance you would think we'd have more but Andy, you're Brian O'Connor. Oh, okay. Right. Your oh. confidence might seem misplaced at first glance, but yeah. you have the skills to back it up. Okay. And if you ever find yourself in a situation you can't drive, punch, or shoot your way out of, your <laughs> smile and quiet charm will usually do the trick. <laughs> when it comes time to make a hard choice, you'll always follow your heart and choose the path that protects your family, and you drive, and you drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. There we go. Wow, I'm going to have that on my gravestone. That's Does that hilarious. describe you? You think that's pretty fair? I think that, yeah, that's that's quite nice actually. I was, uh, I'm certainly growing the uh, Brian from Too Fast, Too Furious hair right now. Not going to go to the barbers, so yeah, that feels uh, that feels cool. Well, Andy, thank you so 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 much for taking time to talk to us. We can't thank you enough, us. brother. Of to, course, uh, give it's us been... all the inside scoop on the game, for making the game in general, and for uh, teasing some F9 things that we can't talk about, we can't ask about. Yeah, I mean, look, until that movie comes out, even I'm not sure, right? You know. Um, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fact that the extra time, I, I don't know. So you know, I, I I genuinely don't know here, but I would have thought that would mean more time in the editing room or something. Yeah. So who knows? It may be the longest movie that ever comes out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we don't we, we don't know, but from what I know of it, it's going to be absolutely awesome. So oh, we can't wait. I hope we we've just given excited, you a brother. appetizer for it at least. Yes, you did. Wonderful. You, gave, you cool. wet our whistle for sure, man. Good. Well, look, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. 
been great Thank to talk so about much. all the things with you know people that uh, have noticed them or appreciated them and stuff. So yes, it's, yeah. it's great. So now, Joe, next week, our next two episodes, we are entering another themed week. We are doing Reef Week here. We have two memory loss movies themed around the reef. We are starting with Blue Crush starring mm, Michelle Rodriguez, nice. and then we are heading over to Finding Nemo. Uh, not a Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> movie, but another movie about the reef, and another movie about memory loss. So next week, Perfect. Blue Crush and Finding Nemo. But for all things Too Fast 2 Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash twofast2forever, or at twofast2forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFast2Forever.com. Go check out Fast and Furious Crossroads. Yeah, Out available now. And come back next week for Reef Week with Blue Crush and Finding Nemo. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And that was Andy Tudor. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. 